fellow heroes, and welcome to the Dragon and Friends Not Podcast, because this is the Digital Roundtable Podcast. That's what this is. Uh <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't even catch it. You said Dragon Friends. I was going with it. Woo, okay. You know, I, I think, like, I get the intro correct once a month, but... Thank you for joining us in this podcast. If uh, Last week, you know, we talked about some of the analytics, and we have been growing somewhat, and that's really cool, and I'm happy to hear it. And, uh, you know, uh, we love your support. We, If you ever want to catch us uh, live, you can do so at twitch.tv slash digitalhero101. Um, I need to figure out a way to put the Discord in the link, so that way you guys can find a link in the Discord so you can chat. You can also find the schedule at what time we go live. Um, it should Twitch should put it uh, relative to your time, but you'll see the schedule in there uh, when we go live. Uh, it's usually, for us, it's 8.30 uh, Central Time. But uh, yeah, join in. Uh, we love speaking to chat, uh, interacting with you guys, and things like that. But I am your host, Mario, and with me is uh, my co-host, Jeff. Hi. And today is an exciting day for the two of us because we, just this weekend, there's been a blockbuster hit. A little little movie, little small movie, uh, you know, just uh, this thing called, um, and Jeff, you're going to, like, correct me a million times. What is it? Shang? <laughs> Shang? Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Just, just, just remember... Uh, Sean. The, the Say Sean. But, <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> Shang-Chi. Yeah, we're talking about um, Shang-Chi. Uh, today, and I am... It, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Of, of course, anytime we do reviews, if you're familiar with this podcast, we will do a non-spoiler, and then we'll let you know when we get into spoiler territory. So, uh, first things first, I, you know, my initial, my initial thoughts, my initial reaction to this film. Uh, going into this film, I'm not gonna lie, I had... I, I, I didn't have, like, that great expectations. Because you watch the trailer, right? And it, it, I didn't doubt Marvel. Because they've taken heroes. They've taken small heroes. And they've given them big names. Honestly, Iron Man was a B-class, C-class hero. He wasn't he wasn't someone that was really big in the, the spotlight. I Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't even think he was an original Avenger in the uh, comic books. Um... And then Marvel, essentially, they're also making this uh, uh, kung fu film, and it's in, it's an Asian cast, and I'm, I'm I'm excited about that. But I'm worried. Okay, you're gonna do, you're gonna make a martial arts film. You're gonna do a mixed martial arts film, and Marvel films to me haven't had the best choreogra- choreographing. And you guys know me. I'm a I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. What this movie does best. Is the fight scenes. This movie has some of the best fight scenes. It is like you're watching a Chinese uh, uh, film. Uh, one of those Chinese martial arts films. And I'm talking like Ip Man levels. And the trailer doesn't do it any justice. Because the trailer cuts at all the scenes. Uh, and and it, <laughs> it tricks you. It really makes you think, oh, we're just going to, uh, we're, we're, we're literally going to just be... Cutting, you know, it's going to be like your average Marvel fight scenes where there's a lot of cuts and things like that. No, 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 no. This movie does a fantastic job with it. I think the that's the 
to me, this is the, that's the best part of the movie because it is definitely uh, it is definitely like the part that they put the most work in and and the love in was uh, you can tell uh, with with the the fighting in this in this film. I see we got some people in here in the chat. Uh, let's see. Uh, just got home from watching that movie. It was amazing. Oh my gosh, we're glad to have you here. We're going to be talking about it. Tell us your thoughts. We love seeing you in here. Uh, saw it Friday. Yes, me and Jeff just saw it as well. We're doing our non-spoiler review real quick. And uh, just looked into up to see some 3D, some props. All right, yeah, for sure. Oh, right on, man. Uh, we cannot wait uh, to, to get into this and dig into this. Hands down, moments was captivating. It really was. And so a lot of times when I speak about like choreographing, uh, in the past uh, on this show, on this podcast, I've I've brought up that um, Kingsman does a great job. I love the guy that does the camera work for Kingsman. He keeps it centered on the action. And the reason I bring up Kingsman is because it's it's uh, basically like it's more it's a very western film. And so like but a lot but it's very reminiscent of Eastern films and how they do those martial arts things in the fact that uh, the camera is centered on the fighters and the martial artists or the stunt performers get to just do their work and and then it and they get to have fun with it and they get to go with it and then think it, like for a very popular movie over here in the West I mean I I can say it man but I can also say um uh, what's that oh, has a bunch of wireworks in it it's like a hidden dragon. Crouching uh, Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Cr- Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Thank you, Jeff. That yeah. that film's also really good down. Uh, and then Chad over here saying, I thought the action and jokes were great. Loved those, but things were happening without any lead-up or explanation. Like, things were just happening. Ooh, we'll get into that in the spoiler section of the film. Uh, but that's just me. Yeah, no, I'd love to address that with you, for sure. Uh, I, I, I think I know what you mean, and I think I can explain it in a certain way. But... Uh, the best part of the film is definitely the choreographed and the, the fight scenes. Now, the story, uh, and I'm going to address this because chat brought this up. So my next part in, in giving it its overall score and also whether I recommend the film or not, is that the story is done. And I'm going to give another movie that I love to bring up a lot, like Star Wars. And think back to A New Hope. Think back to the original three Star Wars. It's those films are told in a linear perspective. We don't know. They don't just like show us Thanos and then cut to the Avengers and then cut to this part and then cut to Wanda and uh, Vision. And then, you know, they don't just cut to characters and do things. We don't. The story shows us characters one at a time. And we learn more as the character of the characters as the story progresses and uh, and we and as the story gets moves forward and forward and we don't get to see a character until they're introduced by another character. So it's almost like think of a relay race in a uh, like a 400 meter relay race and it's like you, each character passes the baton to another character and whenever that character touches the baton then the story opens up more and we get to envelop more of the story. So I think that was really smart of them to do it in a linear way because of how the story is told in this way. However, I can see how it can seem like the plot just happens in some cases, especially with like um, some scenes on the bus 
that uh, we, we can talk about there. Like, sometimes it's just like, okay, well, we need an ex machina to happen here. But I don't think they happen uh, too much to where it can, it, it will uh, ruin your overall version of the film. But I, I do get I that. I think there's a, there's a big thing that happens in the third act, which we'll get into when we get into spoiler talks. But mm-hmm. I, I do agree with Panda uh, in the chat about that, that, that there's, there is a big thing that is introduced in the third act, which is like, that's a really odd place to introduce this thing. But uh, <laughs> we'll get into that. And uh, joke wise, other than that, like the show, or the show, the movie is formulaic. It does have its Marvel. When I say formulaic, I mean it, it's, it feels like Marvel and it acts like Marvel, but it, I think what this mo- what this show does is kind of like it doesn't treat itself like a superhero film. It treats itself like a uh, like a like a martial arts film or like a martial arts film that has like Chinese lore and and then uh, pulls from it. I don't know a lot about this character, right? Uh, I did some research. I do know that uh, they they did some creative liberties with it, which I'll get into in the spoiler cast. So if you haven't seen the film. I'm going to go ahead and say I recommend it. I definitely recommend to go see the film. Uh, if not for the choreographing alone, the story is good. Character development is good. Probably not my favorite character development in films. You know, to me, I, fe- I was a bit, I felt like, I was like, meh, all right, character, like, you know. Uh, but it, it it accomplishes everything that it needs to do. And because of that, I, for me, whether I recommend the film or not is more important than my score. And I've always said that. But my score would have to be like um, like an eight eight point five for the for the film, uh, and then I'm gonna pass it over to Jeff for his non spoiler review. Or well, hold on, let me address chat real quick. Uh, the karaoke scenes were fire, though. I wanted to go karaoke after. <laughs> <laughs> Felt much that. So. Felt that. I want to go karaokeing with these people. Yes, <laughs> like the actors or the characters, either one. Uh, yeah, so I really, really, really liked this movie. Uh-huh. Um, I had uh, something weird, so, something very strange. I think I was just in the right headspace for this movie um, on the day I saw it Saturday afternoon because uh, j- very much along the lines of what you were talking about, Mario, I, I, I didn't necessarily have low expectations for the movie, but I was not super excited about it in terms of here is a new Marvel character. Here is the next entry in the MCU and kind of this ongoing thing. We've we've talked uh, in recent weeks about my feelings towards the MCU as of late that I kind of feel like I'm just watching it out of obligation at this point. There are things happening, you know, in WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki and even in Black Widow to a certain degree, there are things that I enjoy and I am excited about. It oh my gosh, you sound demonic there for a second. Oh yeah, I had motorcycle just drive outside my window. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, so there are kind of little sprinklings of things that I'm excited about, but overall I'm like, I don't know if I really care about these characters. I'm kind of just watching it so that I know what everybody's going to be talking about at work the next day, you know? And obviously, like, like I want to see the post-credit scenes so that I know what's coming up and all that sort of stuff. 
So I, I went into this not super excited about the new Marvel movie. I was, however, excited about the director, Destin Daniel Cretton, who uh, directed this independent movie called Short Term 12 uh, a few years ago, which was one of Brie Larson's kind of big breakout roles. Um, it's an amazing drama, super, uh, like, it's one of Lakeith Stanfield's first movies. Um, but anyway, like, I was a fan of the director. So I was like, oh, awesome. Like, he's the next guy doing the thing that Marvel does, where they take an indie director and then throw him into the MCU. Um, I was also excited about Simu Liu, the actor who plays Shang-Chi, because if you've seen any interviews with this guy, he is... Like, obviously, there's trailers, there's posters and billboards and bus ads and all that kind of stuff. But this guy is really marketing this movie. Like, this guy loves yes, his character. Yes, he he is. is so, so freaking excited to be here. And so, like, I, I it was one of those things where it's like, man, screw it. I, I want to support this movie at the box office. Because, again, you know, and we'll get into this uh, later on when we kind of talk about the sociopolitical aspect of this thing. But I was like... I want to go to the theater because I want this movie to do well. Like I, I want this to be a really amazing deal for the Asian American community. And I really want this film to blow up. So screw it. I'm going to go see it. And this film did something to me viscerally. Um, I, I, I f like being in the theater really helped as well because the soaring music, the sound effects, like with the all the speakers all around you that like pulsate and you you feel this like punch, like every punch and every kick, like I felt it because the the room and this this being in this big theater, um, I, this movie really really got to me, and it, I'm glad that you brought up Star Wars as well. I don't know why you wouldn't bring up Star Wars. It's you <laughs> every time, every time, man. But, the, the thing about this movie, and, and this is exactly the way that I described it to Gregory, our, our co-worker who we've spoken of in the past, is I was like, it's, it's interesting to me because this is just the hero's journey again. There's not, like, beat for beat yes. in terms of yes, the structure, there's not really anything new under the sun happening in this movie. It's just the hero's journey. It's just done really freaking well. The actors are great they're the chemistry between simu liu and aquafina oozes off of the screen like the tony leung is freaking fantastic there's a lot of like pathos and stuff going on behind his eyes even though he's playing this kind of villainous role we'll get into that in spoilers uh the cinematography so I, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna do something real quick because this is something that we can talk about that won't spoil it. Yeah. But I want you to uh, I'm gonna ask you a question. Okay. So if I tell you that this the cinematographer on this movie is a guy named Bill Pope, does that mean anything to you? Not necessarily. Okay. I'm not gonna tell you who Bill Pope is. I want you to look him up on IMDb real quick. I and I'm just gonna watch you read through this man's credits, and you will see why. That this is the only guy who could shoot this movie. Okay, 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 okay. Doing and and while you're bringing that up, uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is that I'm so glad that I did not know that he was the cinematographer on this movie because if I did, that would have raised my expectations. So I'm glad, like during the end credit sequence, his name popped up, and I was like, oh well, F and A, like of course that was him. Like he's the only guy that Marvel would have hired to shoot this character for this oh. movie. Oh. 
my gosh, I didn't know. Yeah. I so had no idea. For for the audience uh, listening and the people in the chat, Bill Pope shot the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. He shot all three Matrix films. Uh, he is Edgar Wright's kind of go-to guy. He shot Scott Pilgrim versus the World and Baby Driver. Th this guy is like the guy if you want amazing action cinematography. And so, like... When his name popped up at the end, I was like, thank God I did not know that going in. Because if I did know it going in, I'd be like, this better be amazing. But the fact is, is that it just was amazing. And it, it just happened as I was watching it. So uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, this movie really got to me because I went in just kind of, meh, it's going to be another origin story. Here's a guy who is just a regular person, but then his destiny comes a knocking, and then he's going to be the new Avenger. And... Like, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. Like, when we... And, and I'll talk spe more specifically about the specific moments when we get there. Like, this this film brought me to tears in the end. Like, the, there were a couple of beats uh, during that third act where I really got choked up. I was, like, slamming my fist into my palm. And I was, like, there were certain things happening. Like, when antagonists and protagonists are dialoguing back and forth as they're sparring. And I'm like, get him! Get him! Oh, <laughs> you know, like people are staring at me and I'm like, fuck you, you guys are all cheering too. Come on. And, and that was another thing. Like, it, it was just so great to be in a theater again of people. Like, I, I can say this because it's in the trailers, but in the, the bus fight sequence, when he jumps up and he does that split kick, <laughs> people were just like, woo! Yep. And I was like, yeah, I've seen that shot 47,000 times. I don't care. It's amazing. I'm going to woo right now. Um, and we have some people in the chat saying like they uh, they cried as well. Uh, the way I see, yeah, like no winger, I like it. Yeah, for sure. And then I also love how chat they brought up something that I completely forgot to bring up. I'm so sorry for interrupting you, Jeff. Uh, but uh, chat they talked about like how this movie brought and and you mentioned it uh, quite a little bit. Um, the culture. And the elements of family. And I thought that was so mm -hmm. important how they talked about, like, the culture. And I loved how they were taking digs at America and stuff like that. But I, I thought the Asian-American culture slash, like, your traditional roots, even though I totally get what that feels like. I can vibe with that because I am, um, like, my mom is from Haiti, right? And I have this, like, black culture. But I am, like, I'm a black American, right? And my mom's not. And so, like, I, I understand even though it was like it had that Marvel, you know, tone where they're playing it safe, I totally like could relate to the whole being um, a, a minority in a country. But yeah, yeah, uh, continue on. I just wanted to give shout outs to chat for bringing up some amazing points. And this movie uh, touched a lot of people emotionally. Again, uh, you know, there's only one movie that's ever made me cry, but yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> But I do Wait, those the, the heartstrings. Is that the, the don't young you adult dare. movie that you were telling me about? Oh no, that one's a secret, Jeff. That's oh, okay. that... never mind. Never mind. <laughs> on. We, don't, we don't need to talk about that. Another podcast. We'll do a whole episode mm. about uh, here are all of the times that we cried while watching uh, movies. Yeah, for sure, we should do that. The, no, it was uh, Force Awakens. It was the first time I first and oh, only time yeah. I ever experienced uh, tears of joy because Star yeah. Wars was back in theaters. Uh, but yeah, like to, to just wrap up my kind of preliminary thoughts, uh, it's just a fun time. Like, again, it's, it's, it is formulaic, just like you said, it's, 
but but being formulaic is not necessarily bad because that's why we go to see concerts of bands who have been around for 20, 30, 50 years because we want to hear the hits, you know? And, I mean, no pun intended. I swear I did not mean it that way. Because uh, Kung Fu, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, like, I went into this movie, and I'm like, there's nothing, like, super, like, fancy, or, or they're not subverting the genre, or, like, no, it's it's the same beats as... Iron Man and Thor and Doctor Strange and, and that sort of thing, it just does it so well. And the direction is so well executed and the acting is so well done. Um, and the the thing that... Uh, well, this is not technically a spoiler. I'll save it just in case some people don't want to know this. Yeah, just in case. Yeah, just in don't, case. don't get too saucy with them. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't gonna say anything about specific plot points, but just in case people want to know absolutely nothing about the story, I will save that for our spoiler talk. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I I think technically my score is an eight. My, yeah. uh, but but I will caveat that by saying my theatrical experience of this was nine point five. You know, I love that you just said that right then and there theatrical experience of this because i there are some things where like i will score something differently as a fan than i will as a critic right like if i'm mm -hmm. critically looking at something because i enjoy a lot of bad movies and, but and like ironically right and at the same time yeah I, I would give two different scores but yeah my my time at the theater was fantastic i, I had mm -hmm. a good time at the theater um, and would you recommend the film? Absolutely. Um, I, I would even recommend it to, uh, I, I would say, I'm not going to say that because that's ties into the, the thing that I want to hold off on, which I'll just get out of the way. Cause it's not really that big a deal, but again, just in case. Yeah. Uh, yes, I would absolutely 100% recommend this movie. Like it, I, I, I came home cause, and, and this kind of ties into my expectations as well. But uh, on Saturday, my mom was like, hey, like, what are your plans for the day? I'm like, I'm going to go see Shang-Chi. And she's like, thanks for the invite. And I was like, mom, like, okay, well, yes. Like, I could have invited you to the movie. I guarantee you will not like this movie. Like, I, I don't even think I'm going to like this movie. I don't, like, whatever. Like, I guarantee you will hate this movie. It's Marvel stuff. Like, you, you say you're interested in Marvel stuff. You're not. I came home and like spent half an hour before I even sat down, just like and then there was this one part, and then, <laughs> and then he said this, and then she said, "Oh, but, 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 and then I was all like, oh, "Okay." So yeah, I, uh, yes, I would absolutely recommend this movie. Love it, love it. Okay, that that has been our non-spoiler version. We love that you are here and you're interacting with us. Um, however, we are going to start talking about the movie. We're going to get into the nitty gritty. We're going to get all dirty all up in there so mm. i do appreciate you if you don't want to be spoiled uh you know give a give a lurk go 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 play a video game go watch a movie but definitely go check out this movie you have the recommendation from me and jeff we gave it overall uh, around the same score we're probably uh have just nothing but good things to say from here on out and if you have watched the movie and you do want to discuss this with us stick around I like to hear some of your insight. You might say something that I forgot to say, or you might say something that I didn't even see. So, we are beginning our spoiler cast right 
now. All right. Uh, yeah. So How is Thanos still alive? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so Panda brings up the great cast. The The cast was fantastic. Shoutouts to Ronnie Chang. Uh, we're getting into the juicy stuff. That's right. Uh, four out of five is pretty fair. I think on Letterboxd, I gave it a 3.5, maybe a, a four. I can't remember. But yeah, no. The, the, so for me, this is what I do. I, I might say this every time we do a review. It's okay. It's part of the gig, right? Maybe I'll make a list of how to do this. So the way I uh, the way I do my ratings is, uh, so we're just gonna go. So seven is passing. Seven means we're just gonna go seven and up. All right. So seven means you did what you were supposed to do, right? It, but you played it safe, right? So you didn't do anything uh, crazy, new, or or anything like that. If you made a six, it's like okay. You, I see what you were trying to do, but you missed the mark. Uh, and then mm-hmm. eight means you did what you're supposed to do, but you also like you, you you captivated me. You may have done something that's been done a million times, but you did it in such a fun, creative way that it is it is it is worth experiencing almost immediately again. Uh, nine means you made something new. You made like like you did something and you surprised me. You uh, not only surprised me, you surprised a bunch of other people. This is something unique. This isn't just the same formula that we've seen a million times over. There's something creative to it, and there's a there's a lot of things that can that can do that. I know it's hard to be unique, right? And then a ten, which really, you know, in, in my eyes, nothing's ever going to be a ten. But if it is a ten. Obviously, we're not saying it's perfect, but we're saying that this is something that is um, can either be considered an instant classic or can be uh, can be seen as like just far above the cut of the rest. All right, like it, it is. It does all the all the things previous to the seven. It does. It gets its story across. It does something new and unique. It takes old elements and uh, reinvigorates them. You know, it does. It does everything that a seven, eight, and nine does, and then. Um, uh, successfully so that's how the scaling works um from six to ten uh and yeah but it goes against the stereotype Ooh, that's a good way of putting it i love how they introduce so many asian comedians uh agreed <laughs> i think the comedians help in especially with like marvel humor because marvel loves mm-hmm. to uh they 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 love humor in their shows and i talked about this once how they'll use humor to lighten very serious moods but i think mm-hmm. shang um shang chi did this uh more successfully than other films and I, and I like to bring up dr strange for that uh i was gonna ask name 10 movie name a 10 movie oh it's okay i speak abc i would give this a nine some parts 10 that i you know hey I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. I think I do. I do agree with you in, in that aspect. Um, I love. I always say speak uh, English. Yeah, that's the same. We kind of got the same thing here because uh, I'm part. I'm half Mexican, half black. So like, you don't really speak Spanish, right? We don't speak sp- proper Spanish. You say traca. That's us. That's a. That's if you if you speak Spanish, then you know what I'm talking about. All right. Yeah. Chat's blowing up. So. <laughs> we're in the spoilers yami we're in the spoilers so be aware uh now 
Now that we've described how to name a movie that's a 10. Oh my gosh, I can't even like. Jeff, help Parasite. me out. Parasite. Parasite. Parasite, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Parasite's worthy of a 10. Uh, thank Absolutely you. Absolutely a 10. Yeah. Uh, I don't well, know when well, I will see it. I'll, Let I'll me type in. I don't want Bong Joon-ho to make another movie because it won't be as good. <laughs> it won't be as good. Like, I want him to continue making movies, obviously, but I'm like, you can keep going, but that was your masterpiece, bro. For real. For real. Uh, oh, it's all good. I haven't watched it yet, and I don't know when I'll see it. Okay. Hey. Well, we, yeah. me and Jeff will give you our full-on recommend- recommendations. Uh, thank you, chat, yeah. for looking out for new people in chat and letting them know their spoilers. I think I need to add, like, a text of just, like, a blinking spoiler light uh, in the future next time we do movie reviews. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so... Dang man, how do you, how do you want to do this movie, man? You seem you seem. I think you fell in love with the movie more than me. I do want to say, I I okay. I did a little bit of research into the comic book origins. Okay. Um, so I can tell you that it is nearly a one to one, um, to the to the comic books. Mm-hmm. It it like. So the, the his comic book origin is that his father is part of an uh, organization, big organization, uh, syndicate that basically has controlled the world through the shadows, and um, uh, uh, Shang Chi is essentially like, like has been raised to be this like killer assassin and things like like that, and what happens is he sends him to go kill someone. And I can't remember exactly if it's his, if it was his first mission or not, but he sends him to go kill a dude that's like part of this like you know he needs to kill him to get the the power to shift a certain way, and uh, Shang Chi mm-hmm. it, it shows that he's easily able to take out everyone that's guarding this guy like no problem. Then he gets to the guy, the guy's basically on his deathbed. He's an old man, and Shang Chi is like, you know what? I'm not going to um, I'm not going to be my father's tool of destruction from here on out you know you'll live you're gonna end up dying anyways but i'm not gonna then he does this huge speech basically just saying like i'm gonna do my own thing now and then that's like the origins here but they did a twist in this one and i love how like they slowly told his origin stories because for an audience member for an audience member that knows nothing about him you know they talk about the story about his mother uh and they, they, they're slowly developing that story. And then that moment where he says, hey, I, um, you know, like I went out and I killed the dude. Right. And like yeah. for the people that know him, it's like, know the origin. They're like, oh, he actually killed the dude. Because you're all, you as a casual member, you're already thinking, oh, uh, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't do it. Right, maybe yeah. that's what you're thinking as an audience member, and that's the plot twist. But even as a comic book fan or someone who did the research beforehand, you're also kind of thinking, "Oh, well, he didn't do it because he didn't do it in the comic books," and then mm-hmm. he reveals that he did it. And I think, like for me, that was one of the most powerful moments in oh, the yeah. entire film. Was that like I? He went through with it. Yeah, I felt it so much on Aquafina's face when she reacts to that knowledge drop where literally I, I, I suddenly had this like like blackout moment where 
my best friend guy had just told me that he murdered somebody like as i was watching the scene like i felt myself in her position as if i was talking to my own best friend being like dude i don't care how many people you killed like you're still my friend and that doesn't make you a monster like i like that's what i'm saying like this movie hit me like so freaking hard but yeah like it it, it is a, a very interesting twist and, and i love too the the way that i, I mean the the general pacing of this movie is something i want to talk about mm. as we go along but i liked uh, i was initially kind of put off by that scene by the flashback that precedes it because i because at first i was like wait like why are we showing the flashback to when the mother died like now because this is kind of like end of act two or going or almost kind of the beginning of act three like going into the final climax yeah and i was like we we know their mother died why are we like why didn't we have this flashback earlier this this is kind of oddly placed i don't get it but then when he drops when you have that revelation you're like oh that's why it's because it you need to see the moment where he like ran away and quote unquote let his mother die and you need to see the 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 pain on his face of yeah a blood debt has to be paid in blood i because we're, we're now being presented with new information it's kind of right. like what we were talking about with black widow like why are we doing the flashbacks we nothing no new information has been told to us those were unnecessary yes but with this it was because now we know oh he's not just gonna try and plead and reason with his dad like he's going in like i have to kill him and right again like that's like an insane thing for your hero that like that's an insane headspace for your hero to be in going into the climax of a marvel superhero movie and, and the crazy. thing is it's weird because movies like this do something weird to me and I, I think I think you need to help me unlock this. Like movies like this, that are I for whatever reason they fly under the radar for me. Like I know it's good. I know what's happening is good, but I don't know what why I'm not always connected at the moment with it. Right, mm -hmm. and and I don't know how to explain it. And then like I'll think about the film or I'll rewatch the film a second time, and I'll be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Why didn't I connect with this the first time? Because. I think like we get so used to films. So if we watch, if you watch a lot of action films, you get so used to stuff being over dramatized and so used to things being told to you and not shown, right? Like show don't tell. Right. And even though this movie, like, and this is why I'm so happy you brought up the flashbacks. Uh, the flashbacks, a lot of times in movies, they do what Black Widow does. The flashbacks just there as like, uh, oh, look, it's almost like a background element. Like, oh, let's put this here so the viewers don't get up to use the restroom during the portion of this film. And, right. uh, but this film, and, and it's non-consistent. Like, flashbacks are never consistent. Narration's never consistent. This film is consistent from beginning to end. This film, mm -hmm. and this is why I give it an 8.5. Because there are little things like and it's very linear, and uh, it's super linear. Uh, also, uh, real quick, chat saying how like you love how they fell um, in and out with the father. Like, uh, yes, you're kind of like riding that emotional roller coaster. Uh, and the characters yeah. did a great job. You're riding that emotional roller coaster because you want you realize, oh, the father actually like has potential to be good, and then you see he's corrupted, and you're like, okay, well maybe he can be redeemed. He's been redeemed once before. Like, I want to see it again, and then yeah, mm -hmm. so. 
the 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 story oh, the story's a roller coaster and it's not in a bad way like you go up with the characters just as much as you fall down with them and it is fantastic and the way that and, and the way that they do this is through the flashbacks and through the linear storytelling uh the, yeah like the, i i like that there were flashbacks but the the present day it, like it didn't feel jumbled mm-mm. in any way it still felt like we like the story is happening, but we're gonna get like even like when they like when like right after the bus fight and uh Katie is like I'm like you you're gonna like no like you're gonna explain to me what's going on, you're gonna explain it to me on the plane because I'm going with you. We then cut to a flashback, which makes perfect sense in the pacing of the movie because this is him telling Katie about his childhood. Yep. So we would go to a flashback. And then it's brilliantly edited where halfway through the flashback we cut to them on the plane and, you know, do you want beef or vegetarian? It's a fun little bit there. Right. Yeah. And they have fun. They, you know, keep the, keep the audience engaged. Uh, and again, like we see each character through another character's eyes. Like the first time we see, so the father essentially introduces, well, technically the mother introduces the film, right? Uh, and it's, she's it's the, narrator. The she starts off with the narrate, the narration and, um, it gives you kind of like the tone for the entire movie. It sets up the theme. Like it starts off in a flashback with narration. This is going to be something that continues in the film. And that's something that's I think is real important is and I, I, I know I say the same things a million times, but I say them because I see them <laughs> is uh, Chekhov's gun. And this, this movie does Chekhov's gun great. If you don't know Chekhov's gun, it's essentially if there's a gun in a scene, it needs to be fired if you see a gun in a scene, you need to fire the gun by the end of the scene or before the, the 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 show or presentation ends. The gun needs to be fired. If you have a Death Star that can blow up planets, that Death Star needs to blow up a planet before <laughs> the film ends. If you say there's going to be a cataclysmic event and something bad's going to happen, we have to see what that cataclysmic event is going to actually do. So, yeah. Uh, but this movie, what I like is... Most films do it in a dramatic way where you have to see it. This film does it small and it and it continues and it's and in my opinion it's hard to make a film in a in a linear fashion where everything has to connect and flow. And this film does it for small things too like with Katie and in the very beginning when they're showing okay she's reckless she's irresponsible she's probably a bad influence on him or maybe she's you know she grounds him to to staying run, running away whatever uh they show her joyriding dry, dry, she's driving a car like she stole it cuz she technically mm-hmm. did but that yeah that's not just one funny scene in any other movie that's like one and done no she's the driver for the next part of the film, she, it becomes a plot device. It becomes her role in the film. We we've already yeah. established. Okay, this is what she can do as a character. So like, and this is why in other films, it would be like, oh, okay, oh that's funny. They pretended like they stole the car. That's it. Or it would have been like, well, you know, we need to give this character something to do. What what do we do? What do we uh, right. just have her drive the car? Have her have her drive the car through the maze. Yeah, we'll let her. And, and then as an audience member, you're like. How is she such a good driver? No, very early on, they establish every character's feats, abilities, what they can do, whether it be in flashbacks for the for the main uh, characters, you know, um, uh, or 
or present time showing off a character's abilities. And when I, I was trying to think of the sister's name, what's the sister's name? D? Uh, Zhai Jing. Zhai Jing. Oh, you're that's right. That's right. Uh, Zhai Ling. Zhai Ling. Um, so, uh, and then, uh, you're like, okay, how I met your father. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I leaned over and whispered and that's how I met your father. That's great. <laughs> During the flashback scenes with the mom that, uh, that's fantastic. And yeah. So the consistency of the movie is the reason why, like, I gave I gave it that extra point five was because yeah, this movie's like it's really good, but it it does like these small little nuances, and and it's real smart with it, and and you can as a if you're just a casual viewer, you won't see it, but it'll still flow and make sense, and everything will stay aligned. Whereas like if you're not so much of a casual viewer, I mean I'm sorry if. Yeah, if you're not so much of a casual viewer, you'll be like, oh, snap. Like, oh, there we go. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, why, thank you. Like, I appreciate this. Uh, I do want to point out, because you brought up, you brought this up in the third act, how, like, the third act is kind of, like, there's kind of, like, a left field with, like, the, the dimensions. Yeah. the I, I found it kind of, I didn't realize it was happening until just after the scene. But the big bad of the movie is introduced kind of towards the end when they finally get to Talo and Michelle Yeoh shows them that like awesome, like sculpted mural of like all the demons and the soul sucker and like all this stuff. And like, it, it was one of those things where like she was talking and I found myself like, I wasn't really paying attention at first. Cause I was just like, okay, cool. Like they got to the village they were looking for and they're like being, they're being shown around. Like she's giving them the tour. And then, like, halfway through the scene, I was like, oh, shit, this is, like, exposition stuff happening right now. I need to pay attention. And then I was like, okay, that was a great story. Now we know your purpose. We have to keep the gate sealed. Da, da, da. And then, uh, I, I don't want to get too far ahead, but, like, the fact that the freaking creature busts out of the gate, I was like... Like, my instinctual feeling was, like, they kind of lost me here. Like, I really thought it was just going to come down to Shang-Chi versus Wenwu. But now we have the Great Protector, like, the big dragon versus the giant soul-sucking thing. And again, I was kind of in that mindset of, like, all right, here comes the big battle between the giant CGI thing versus the other giant CGI thing. But again, and, and we can kind of get more into this uh, as we kind of go through, like, what we liked and, and the nitty-gritty stuff. Like, it's just done so well. And I don't care that it's a giant CGI thing. Again, because they laid the groundwork with the characters. And and it, it is that thing. Like, even just the, you know, even the, the giant monsters aside, like, just the fight between Shang-Chi and Wenwu... Yes, it's two actors in front of a green screen, and it's Harry Potter all over again. It's Star Wars all over again, <laughs> where he's shooting the blue laser stuff, and he's shooting the orange CGI stuff, and it's just like, okay, like, just, I mean, again, not to say it looks like shit, but I'm just saying, like, it's, I'm shoot, I'm shooting, like, spectral particles out of my hand. Like, it's, it's, it's the same thing 
with Wanda versus Agatha Harkness. I yeah, it's shoot like purple shit. You throw red shit. You, you know, it's that what does it mean? Yeah, it, it, this has no meaning yeah. to me in this place. But, and yeah, but it but here it did have meaning because the performances are so good and the writing of the characters, the 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 dynamic between father and son is so good that I'm like, I don't care if I'm seeing more CGI stuff that I've already seen in 30 other movies. I care about it this time. Like, this time around, I'm in. Yeah, because you uh, know yeah. that the, the color represents him uh, taking both, like, it's him growing as a character. Because especially, okay, so this is interesting. Oh, man, we're already talking about the third act, because the third act is, I, I think we should get <laughs> into this. Like you said, like let's let's talk about the movie. I do want to get into this though, so don't let me forget this. Uh, chat, I know you're not being facetious, but I'm gonna say this in a very sarcastic voice, so don't take it the wrong way. I'm gonna use my Marcus voice because uh, Jeff is gonna understand what I mean when I say this. So chat's over here saying, um, "Oh, but it is the visible representation of good and evil." Like, <laughs> like that's oh, yeah. yeah, the colors. That's uh. <laughs> usually what the colors mean like look this is the good guy this is the bad guy no yeah, the, you exactly. know you can see which one's winning uh and I, and I think like they did a good job with the representation there i know exactly what you mean in the fact that i was kind of lost as well um like, yeah, at the, like when on the, the creature third... busts out it's like are we we're overdoing oh, this like I, I thought we were wrapping up like in, not necessarily in like a return of the king kind of way like but but for a moment i did kind of feel like i thought we were wrapping up here and now we got to deal with this giant creature thing like okay i, I got 10 more minutes let's keep going yeah uh, it, it's it's weird because it's like i i felt this like this way because i didn't get lost in the narration right then and there i was listening and i was like there's no way like are they really doing this right now like, is this, is this like, why mm. this is out of nowhere? Like, shouldn't, I don't think this should happen. But it works so well. And I think there's a reason why it worked. And yeah, I, I want to, um, I do want to get into that when we get into the third act. But the, the first act and everything represented in the first act. Hold on, let me see uh, what Chad is saying. I love it when he is able to steal five of the rings and turn them his own color, which means that he had family, found himself, and was able to take over his dad the same way his mother the large fight scene was cool but it was quick and wasn't exactly a struggle it was more with family or with self yes mm -hmm. and i think yes you guys you you guys hit it on the nail yeah, like it, it was it was very metaphorical about family and this is something that i definitely wanted to uh to talk about with uh, uh later on what, what yeah is... it's it's like more of an emotional fight than it is a I am trying to beat you down and kill you fight. Right. It is an emotional fight and it's a conflict within the character. And screw it. I'm going to go ahead and say it now since chant, uh, chant, chat is uh, quick on the trigger. The, no, I love you guys for it. Um, what, 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 what really happens is I was really surprised at in the third act when he said like blood for blood. And I'm like, this is, I like this. Again, another reason why I gave this film an eight was because the struggle wasn't with the best friend. The struggle wasn't with the sister. The struggle wasn't even with the father. It was internal struggle, right? I was expecting mm -hmm. something like, like Katie was gonna be like, "You're you're going too far. You're you need to you're starting to act like your father," or like the sister, or like him and the sister are like 
like being friends and, and then and then Zhu Lang Zhang Zhu Lang I'm so sorry forgive me for butchering the names but him and the <laughs> sister then uh have a disagreement and and then he has to they kind of do kind of like what they did in uh the the Force Awakens where they have to like Ray is correct on the situation and then uh Luke Skywalker's wrong and Ray has to show him why he's wrong I said Force Awakens. I meant um, Star Wars number eight. Last Jedi. Oh, last Jedi. <laughs> Star Wars number eight. So, like, I thought they were going to do that with the sister. But, no, it was literally internal conflict. And it was him realizing that he did wrong. And, like, mm-hmm. that, to me, they did it so well because he, he thinks of his fault. And, and like... Like me being someone with a with past experience of like depression and um, other things and like talking to my friends and talking to other people, my friends who have insecurities or listening to stuff like that is something that like people do like they they have this idea, then they do something wrong. They feel guilty about what they did and they they think about or like they, they have they think about their memories or they think about their past or they think about things and or and they they basically meditate and they talk to themselves and it. It, it it was like I was like, oh my gosh, that is brilliant. Mm-hmm. That is so brilliant how they did the third act, and then he learns like, I need to. I I went about this wrong. I tried to give my father a taste of his own medicine, but you know, I I that's not who I am, or that's not what I right. need to do. And I think at that point I was like, I was like, I love this film. You know, everything else was, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is a good film. I like this film. I'm going to buy this film when it comes out. But then it was that right there. It was that, that inner scene. And and then him, and then, you know, and then they did the whole like stereotypical, like color, good guy versus bad guy and stuff like that. Right. But I think (laughs) that is what made the scene work really well. Because then you are there with the character as he as he is taking control of the rings and stuff like that. Which, by the way, mm-hmm. those rings don't make no day. I don't understand those rings. That's just one of the things, like, they didn't... Okay, I'm they, so glad that you brought this up. They purposely didn't explain those rings. So, we don't know anything about them. We know nothing about them. So, okay, in the For comic books... a movie books, called Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, that, that legend is pretty freaking thin, bro. Oh, yeah! What legend? It's like a he, myth... He, because, like, in the opening voiceover, Mom says he found them in a tomb or in a crater. Or some say he found them in a crater. Others say he found them in a tomb. But they gave him immense power that granted him eternal life. And we know that, like, he can punch really hard when they're on his arm. And he can, like, use them as projectiles. And he can, like, like force boost to, like, jump really high. Kind of like how the Hulk does. But, like... And and obviously, like this is exactly what the post credit scene sets up. But like, it wasn't until I was watching the post credit scene that I started thinking, like, wait, did they ever explain? Nope. <laughs> what ten rings are? Where they like? What 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 are the properties of these things? <laughs> nope. They never did. They never talk about it. Uh, I I was like, okay, like uh, I was hoping to learn something about them because okay, here's the thing. 
the the rings okay this like this i i literally had to look this up because i was so confused so i grew up <laughs> with my dad and my uncle reading comic books i read some of their comic books they told me a lot of stories about comic books and then i grew up watching the some animated movies watching those 90 cartoons you know with you know iron man cartoon and 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 spider-man and in the iron man cartoon there's the mandarin and he has the ten rings and what the ten mm-hmm. rings are okay there are two things and this is really specific why they're two things so what the ten rings actually are there's a ship that crash landed in uh china that only the mandarin found and he studied the ship and he found like the the rings are actually like power coils uh, essentially what power up the ship and make the ship. And it's from mm-hmm. this adv- super advanced alien race. And so he wears them on his fingers. And uh, and then, he, but he tells everyone that he's using magic. Even though he understands that it's science, he tells mm-hmm. everyone that he's using magic because he wants to create a caricature. He wants people to see him in a certain light, see him almost as like right. a, a holy godly figure. And like so, persona. right. And so the whole thing, especially in the Iron Man uh, cartoon, is like he's using magic and Tony Stark's using uh, technology and you know, technology beats magic. But it's in actuality, it's technology versus technology. And the rings are like really, really busted, like stupid bust oh like infinity gauntlet powerful like they you you mm-hmm. can you can literally just disseminate someone just by looking at them and uh so they didn't have the rings on the on the on his fingers and like i read on ign that the ring they probably didn't do that because they didn't want it to resemble the the gauntlet But also, I mean, like, I did like how they put it on his armband because they, I don't know if you guys watch martial arts movies, but they do that. Like, they have the, the, that's kind of like Like a, yeah, they have like the wraps where they have like where there's metal rings on the forearms and you fight with the metal rings on your forearms. Uh, uh, It's almost like having gauntlets. Yes. I think one of my favorite uh, films, (laughs) I can't even remember what it's called. One of my favorite films that uh, showcases that is Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they literally have like the the yeah yeah literally like he, iron rings around. He his takes arm. iron rings around his arm and he starts fighting with them. Yeah, so uh, the and so they they changed the lore. And I was thinking, okay, maybe they'll reference something like that. Nope. All we know is that he found them. He has them. Yeah. And he can do stuff with them. <laughs> and I was like... I, I mean, like... Uh, okay. Again, like, I'm I'm totally fine with it. Like, uh, I'm, I'm seeing in chat there... Uh, I, I, I thought we, 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 we said this. I guess we didn't. But, yeah. Like, they basically set it up in the post credit scene where they're looking at all of the etchings and the runes or whatever it is they're looking at and... Uh, Banner's never seen it. Carol has never seen it, and so then, like, it, it just kind of teases you, and you're like, yeah. In the next, like, in Shang Chi two, or 
what, what like we're we're gonna explore the rings and and what they actually are in in a future thing because there's also that like the the other question now is so he shang chi gets the ten rings for the first time and it somehow emits like like this beacon this like tracking beacon is activated and it sends out a signal or something yeah so the question there is like well why why now is this tracking beacon being activated like why wasn't because when Wu had him for thousands and thousands of years so so in the comic I'm, books i'm assuming there's something special about shang chi that when he gets the 10 rings it, it evokes some sort of prophecy or, or something so here's two things since we're, we're we're in the realm of theory crafting but uh uh i do want to talk about that post credit scene a little bit um because bruce was not in hulk form that's a human <laughs> he was he was just he was just a regular dude uh which which i didn't even notice until people started talking about it online i was like oh my god you're right <laughs> i was like wait I was just like yeah it's it's bruce banner cool. i was like why is he not hulked out he still had his yeah. arm wrapped so it looks like it's permanent damage that he took from mm-hmm. the infinity um the maybe because it, it maybe because he's from that special place or it's his dragon heart so here's the thing about um, Shang Chi. Uh, the the thing about Shang Chi is that he has no superpowers. Literally in Marvel, he is the world's best fighter. His yeah. he's so good at fighting that they consider it a superpower. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I, which confused me, and I think would have confused audience members at the end because. They did bring up, like, the fact that, okay, well, his mother was able to beat um, his father because of the dragon heart, which I'm not going to lie. I <laughs> I literally thought they were going to make him Iron Fist. I knew so little about this character. Oh, dude. I knew they... so little. But I knew a- a- enough about Iron Fist, and this sounded way too much like Iron Fist. I was like, are they going to make him Iron Fist? I was like, I'm for it. Like I'm Dude, so I, for it. <laughs> I guarantee you the MCU like Marvel in, in term like okay. I, I will I will word it like this. Kevin Feige is not interested whatsoever in Iron Fist. Oh really? Like cause cause here's the thing about the Iron Fist Netflix series. Which, again, I'm not here to, like, be the voice of all voices and say, it sucks, move on. But First I, I fucking hated it. Pretty the, bad. The, the general consensus was it's not good. But, and a, a, a big reason why people were angry about it, the Asian American community especially, was, like, really Netflix? Really Marvel? Like, wh- whoever is, like, in more in charge here? You're gonna do, like, a kung fu show and you're gonna cast a fucking white guy? However, that's Danny Rand. Like he, like his story is he's Batman. Yeah. Like he's a white kid who was rich and owned a company and like became a superhero at some point. Like that's that story. Yep. Un- and so yep. I, I guarantee you, and and also uh, I'm just gonna quick tangent. Like th- this movie is a hit. Like it smashed box office records. It's it broke all previous labor day uh release records it made 85 million dollars this weekend like and that's 
during the pandemic. Let's let's all remember. <laughs> and it's not it's not on Disney Plus either. Yeah, it's only in theaters. It's so only that's like theaters. all box office numbers. So I based on that, based on the reception, because people are like, no, it's like it's not just because it's the new Marvel thing and hey, it's a movie and in certain states we're allowed to go see movies again and it's it's people are feeling like it's safe to go to the movies again. It's not just that. Like the movie's good and word of mouth is really tracking. I guarantee you any plans that they had to like reboot Iron Fist at some point or like, oh, okay, well, people didn't like the Netflix series. We'll put it on the back burner for now. Like all of that is completely scrapped. They're like, Look, fuck it. Here's Anything the thing we want to do with Kung Fu or martial arts. We're just going to make it Shang-Chi because no. yeah. this was really good. That was not. And they're, they're, and they're, oh, I love that they're taking characters that nobody knows, like nobody cared about in the comics and they're, they're modernizing them. But here's the thing. This is what I was saying about uh, Black Superman, right? It's like some things it's okay to update. Like I get there's probably this fan base that's really attached to the Iron Fist and they're really attached to that that character. But like you're you you got to remember that he was written during a different time, right? There's nothing oh, yeah. wrong with modernizing these certain elements and making cuz it to me story element wise, especially with the way that they write Superman, Superman's a literal extra ter extraterrestrial being. Yeah, he's an alien. He's an alien, and you're gonna make him a white guy? Like, you well, get what I'm saying? That, like, but it's but, like he—he's. If a black actor plays Superman, that doesn't make Superman a an African American human being. Like, he's an alien. He's still an alien. He just looks like a black guy. <laughs> right, but it. But you get what I'm saying? Where it's like visually, especially with our society and how things work, it's the same as doing. The Iron Fist and making Iron Fist a white guy, right? right? Like, that's exactly. what I'm like, and that's the comparison I was saying. And I was like, when they announced Black Superman, I was like, it makes sense to me. Like, we you know we need to, and I also just believe, like, I'm not against updating superheroes, but you don't even, you don't even need to update superheroes. You can just, like, you can change them and move them up, like, have legacies gone, like what they did with Miles Morales and stuff like that. I'm getting off topic. That's a tangent that I can go on <laughs> my own way. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so, yeah, so he's a superhero with no powers. And and I think, yes. like, the third act can be kind of confusing because they, they subtly show him shifting the wind and showing, like, he picked up the stuff. And I was I was so down because they, cause the, dra the way Iron Fist works is, like, the dragon has to, you know, grant you the power and like it's this village hidden away that can only be like seen and then if you the dragon gave you the power your job is literally to protect the hidden village i was like yo that's iron fist <laughs> i was like that's iron yeah fist. that's that's what was it kun lun right yes i was like yeah. that's freaking iron fist like don't even and uh, <laughs> i mean it it Again, like like I said, this could be like the MCU's way of saying, "Yeah, remember Iron Fist and all of that." Yeah, we're just gonna roll elements of his story and his mythos like into Shang Chi, which is fine because that's part of the beauty of the MCU is that it's not always a one to one ratio of like this is how it happened in the comics, therefore this is how it happens in the movies. Like the Guardians of the Galaxy are vastly different 
in the comics. Like the Avengers ha- yeah. have constantly shifted who's in, who's out, and different people have been in it. It, it wasn't just the seven people that we saw in that awesome 360 shot in 2012. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that that's their way of going, like, Shang-Chi is our martial arts guy. Like, he is the, the representation of this culture in as far as the MCU is concerned. Uh, yes, and um, I think it's real important. And they they spoke about the culture. They really did speak about the culture, and they really did uh, get into it with the culture, which is important for for those um, for for any Asians out there. I think mm-hmm. I think representation is super important, and super good. Uh, the rings. What I wanted to get at though was the rings in the comic books. They actually have a mind of their own, so they mm-hmm. they they have personalities. So it could be. I mean. I don't know how they're going to do it. Like, I really don't know how to do it because the movie portrays it like the, 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 the dragon energy or the mystical energy that is what's, you know, you knowing yourself. But I think the rings in some way, think of it like the Lord of the rings. They just like betrayed their master, their previous master, right. because they were so sick of, or not so much that they were sick of him, but they, like, I guess they realized, Oh, look, this guy can do something with us. Right. Who knows how they're going to do it? I'm theorizing. I'm in a whole other world right now because oh, I... No, no, I mean, because <laughs> again, like, we, we don't have that much to go on. I mean, uh, to me, there's a little bit of Mjolnir in there as well. Yes. Which is like, they're fighting. Shang-Chi starts to kind of get the upper hand. Boom. He's got five of them. Like, when Wu has five, Shang-Chi has five. And it's sort of like the rings are going like... Hey, buddy, the the the, tie, the tables are kind of turning here, and and this guy's kind of getting the upper hand on you. So, you know, you you better step up your game, or like all ten of us are going to go over to his side, and then they eventually do. So uh, there, there's a little element of that in there as well. But uh, yeah, it's it's that thing where you know, as we're talking, I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, like you're right. There there is no explanation for any of this. There there are no rules set in terms of what the rings can do however in like you know i mean this is on record like if if this were black widow i'd be like therefore i don't like the movie as much and it's bad (laughs) but with this i'm like i don't care the movie is still awesome (laughs) you know It, it is and i think like obviously it's done on purpose because they're really quick to say, hey, he found these rings somewhere. Okay, that's it. And they never talk about them again. Never yeah. talk about them again. And I think that's good. Um, I do want to talk about another thing. And I know we're talking about a lot of meta stuff. And 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 to me, this is real important. Because this confused the living lights out of me when I was watching this film. So the rings confused oh, no. the lights out of me. And then the whole mythos of the Mandarin, right? So Iron Man 3. I think this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm going to say it. I, I I tend to do this. <laughs> I like Iron Man 3. I think Iron Man oh, yeah. 3 is a great film. I know fans didn't like it, and I think it's it, because... It, it has come back around. Has it? Okay, good. Yeah. Because I think fans didn't like that they got duped. They got tricked. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically with the fact that they got tricked with the Mandarin. Because Mandarin is like one of the... 
biggest Iron Man villains. And even I was excited about it because I grew up watching the freaking cartoon of Iron Man. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I get to, I, I, I get to see him in live action. I can't wait for this. And I'm, you know, I, I was the girl I was dating at the time. I was like, where, logo? this is the Mandarin. This is what he does. And this is always oh, going to be great. And then it's like, I'm an actor. Like, we meet Trevor. Right. <laughs> I was I was like, what is this? <laughs> and, uh, but the film Iron Man three is good because it's 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 Tony Stark being a superhero without his Iron Man suit, and I, it's like Iron Man isn't the superhero Tony Stark is. That's why it's good. Uh, however, hold on, let me see. Chat chat's popping off another thing. Uh, another thing is how we also completely shut out his past. By when he was first met Katie and telling the story of uh, when we were launched, she jumped in to save him and said that uh, he didn't speak English well. And his dad had reference in the cutscene about uh, speaking multiple languages means he did and didn't need her to save him. And then how she uh, was shocked that he could fight on the bus scene. Thought that was pretty significant. Yeah, right. Uh, it almost seems like a plot, uh, like a plot, like he didn't know English, but later on in the film... We're told that his at a very young age, he already was supposed to be practicing multiple languages, right? Um, English is a hard language to learn. I'm sure he probably knew some lang- English. He probably knew more English than we know Mandarin Chinese. Let's be fair. Uh, and, you know, and a lot of times with um, a lot of my friends are in this area of texas there's a big vietnamese culture a lot of a lot of uh the vietnamese uh people in this area they came they went to school they didn't even know any english and they learn english as they go to school so i think that's like a bit of like a cultural thing uh kind of that they're putting in there and um i think like i think just the fact that he i I don't know i i would let that one slide in my opinion um but I, I do get what you're saying because they do talk about his past. Uh, there's also the fact that um, Shang-Chi is an unreliable narrator. He's an unreliable narrator because um, he lies multiple times in the film. Um, and he's not only – but the thing is it serves a purpose because he's not only lying to the uh, to the characters. He's lying to the audience. He's lying to that, yeah. And he – yeah. So he, he is an unreliable narrator. But he's it, it serves a purpose in the story because he's lying to himself. And it's not till the end of the film, mm-hmm. the third act, that he sees the truth and we see the truth with him and then he grows as a character. So I'm glad you brought that up. That's a fantastic point. I would have never said anything about that. Thank you. I love that. This is this is amazing. I love how you guys are blowing up chat. Good times. Um, thank you for the hydrate, Bex. Uh, so the Mandarin... In Iron Man Three, was portrayed as an actor, mm-hmm. and then in uh, Shang Chi, his father brought up a really good point that made me like kind of get a little embarrassed in the movie theaters. Obviously, no one could see it because I was like in a movie theater. But he talks about how like they took his name, they made him this villain, and then they compared him to a fruit. He used the name of a fruit, and I was like. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's comic books. Yep, comic books are dated. Oh, mm-hmm. sh- oh man, I didn't even think about that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
<laughs> he brought up a really good point. And so, obviously, they're changing the whole mythos of the Mandarin. Uh, they 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 they've they changed the the ten rings well, and the mythos of the Mandarin is being changed to his father and this this father figure is the Mandarin and I'm like you know the fanboy in me is fighting it but at the same time I'm like I love this this is yeah, great the, they're they're not just changing it they're erasing it because yes. what he describes is the Mandarin was never real to begin with. That's true. It's not like there was a real Mandarin and Trevor Slattery was like, well, I'm going to pretend to be the Mandarin. The man, like when Wu says the Mandarin is a name that Trevor Slattery made up. Yeah. Or, or, or that the, the bad guys in Iron Man three made up for him. Like he never referred to himself as that, which I thought was kind of interesting. It, it kind of, again, it goes back to that whole thing of if the movie doesn't say it, it's not so. So it's like, no, he is just when Wu. Yes. Like he, he he never had a like a crazy name like the destroyer or or the mandarin or or what have you. He's just a guy. Which I kind of I was kind of I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. They're they're not Okay, so I guess he's not the mandarin. The mandarin was never a real thing." And Good um figure. before we started this podcast, I actually there's a on Disney Plus and I saw this I didn't know it was connected to uh, um, Shang Chi. It is there's a there's a short of Trevor. Oh yeah. Of like in how prison. he gets yeah how he gets captured and, and taken out of prison. It's it's small. It it's a little it's it's a real like teaser for the film, but it it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, chat says I like how when they found their way through and then you got to see all of the exotic creatures and all I can think was Jurassic Park got nothing on this uh, if it wasn't true for Jurassic Park you wouldn't have all those awesome creatures but yes that is uh, <laughs> it did have Jurassic Park vibes they were even in a truck that uh, or in a, in a four wheeler yeah, like a, yeah. Kinda, like a very a, like a jeep like they were on a jurassic park tour uh the, all those creatures reminded me of like chinese art of uh yeah. old chinese art and like everything statues coming back. and mm-hmm. architecture uh things of warding off evil spirits and they and, which is which oh my wow i just i just put that together i can't believe it took me that long to put that because a lot of chinese mythos is they put a lot of things up they even the way of their architecture is built to Mm -hmm. ward off bad vibes like or bad spirits and uh i just realized this whole mystical place is literally there to guard the world from evil spirits from soul-sucking cthulhu spirits (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> uh yeah the lions and the, the animals were great it was it was weird the third act like literally took such a such a turn from the rest of the film but they made it work why is that jeff how like can you explain that to me i'm well, why did it, that work <laughs> it works because of all the stuff that you've seen already because because i I, I was kind of the same. Like when we actually got to Talo and like, I mean, first of all, when the, what's his name? The little pet that Trevor has. The, the <laughs> cute fluffy thing, thing with wings in her face. Yeah. What's his yeah. name? His name was, uh, his name. Let me see. Ch- Chat will tell us. But, Kate, uh, Kate, what was, what was the, the fluffy bird thing name? 
uh, Morris, Moray, more. It was like Mormon. It was some like Maurice. 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 Yes, the rotisserie okay. chicken. Yes, the rotisserie chicken with wings. Uh, but yeah, like you see, like the the hor- the quote unquote horse creature. Like when they stop the car suddenly, and it's this like unicorn. It's just like beautiful angelic thing. And like I was having kind of like D and D visuals where I was like, oh, this is like Forgotten Realms with like. This is like the, the the good, elegant side of the Monster Manual, you know what I mean? And I was like, this is kind of weird, considering we were in San, San Francisco, like, just driving on a bus, listening to hip-hop music, like, 45 minutes ago. But it's because we've already been to Asgard. We've yes. already been to Wakanda. It, it's, it's the same thing where, in Endgame, it's like, really? Tony Stark built a time machine? And it's like... <laughs> Dude, like the 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 Sanctum Sanctorum exists. Yeah, like like sorcery is a thing. Like we we've been to nowhere with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Aliens exist, and and you're gonna fucking like hold court on time travel. Yeah, like you can buy into it at this point. So that, I, that's uh, what I I think with with why that works is because we, we've already been to so many we kind places, of, and this is another one. Yeah, we kind of expect it. I I also think that the film did a good job at just constantly talking about it. Because anytime they talked about the, her, their mom, you learn, oh, she's from somewhere else. Oh, she's from somewhere. Your mom's... A, she talks yeah. about all these things. She talks about all these creatures. She talks about... And I think when they introduced the rotisserie flying chicken, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a shock for the characters, but it's also a shock for the audience, right? Like, uh, like, it, like the character's like, what the heck? And, and it, it, you would think, like... It's played off as a joke, but I think it really is to, it's like, um, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, it's like when you jump into a pool, like, you know that the pool is going to be cold. And so like you shock your system by jumping into the pool and like to, to prepare yourself for how cold it is. And then you're good for the rest of like your swim inside the pool. You know what I mean? So I think that's what like, I think that's what Morris is supposed to do is like, he's supposed to like give a jolt of like, Hey, we're entering the third act. Things are about to get weird. Yeah, and, Boom. And I think they do it that way because they want the audience to feel the way that the characters do. Exactly. Because I was just thinking, like, in, in during that opening sequence, it's like, well, like, when he finds her, like, wouldn't it, like, wouldn't it be interesting if, like, we saw, like, fantastical creatures? Because she mentions in her voiceover, like, it was a mystical land of fantastical creatures. Like, wouldn't it be cool, like, when she's, like, by the stream and stuff, if there were, like, little creatures, like, running around? But they hold off on it. They don't overload you. They don't top load you with that. They hold back so that you're in the same place that the characters are. And I kind of like that. Like, it's the the same thing that, like, like when they're in the the cell right before they meet Trevor for the first time. and And Katie has that moment of, like, yesterday I was driving cars in a valet, and now, like... A lot of crazy stuff is happening. Right. And as an audience member, you're like, yeah, she got a point. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> uh, yeah, they did a good – and that's like – again, that's why I gave it the 8.5. It's because it's like they they pay attention to their audience and they're thinking about their audience through the entire film. And you can see how they're holding our hand and how there's and how what they what techniques they use to make sure that we're having an enjoyable and exciting experience the whole time. And chat saying like those things played a role as porgs. And yes, and I hate to say this, I hate to this is, this kind of hurts true. me. 
they played the same role as Porgs, but they did it in a more successful manner. <laughs> like, because well, they actually they were they didn't just look cute. They actually like fought in the battle and well, not only that, but they had a relationship with the characters. They served as a purpose for the audience, like what we were saying. Like how you're saying how they held off on showing them with the mother, right? Like they held oh, off on right, showing right. them with the mother because, and it's the same reason why they introduced Trevor at the same time that they introduced the rotisserie chicken is that Trevor is really weird and he's like this. He's more of a comic relief character than Katie, and uh-huh. he is giving you these vibes of like, all right, things are gonna get weird. Things are just gonna go off the rail. So like he's just prepared. Like him and the bird are mentally preparing the audience for what's to come. The porgs are just there for merchandising. Like that's it. Like they're just there to be cute. Whereas like, even though Trevor is kind of like an ex, uh, well, he's not kind of, he literally is an ex machina. (laughs) Trevor is an ex machina for them. Uh, you take that back, Panda. You take that back right now. <laughs> you take that. You don't you put that on me, Panda. <laughs> Just because rotisserie. What are we calling him? Fluffy rotisserie. <laughs> Flying rotisserie. Does not net, does not mean all of Marvel is better than all of Star Wars. <laughs> uh, and but whereas the Porgs, even though they're there, they don't serve the audience, nor do they serve the plot. Right, because this this creature, it, one says everything your mother has told you is true, and then two helps them get through the maze, and three is an ex machina, but uh, it provides purpose in the plot. And then and then you get there, and it's like, oh, there's more of them, and you've connected with this little creature through Trevor, and then you, mm-hmm. you, you it's like, oh, it's so cute, and then you see them fighting, and you're like, yeah, get them, and. And yeah. I don't, I don't know if one died on screen or something like that, but then you, then that nah, would be sad. There, there was no Return of the Jedi Ewok moment, <laughs> which I was really glad about. Uh, then um... we lost a lot of good humans, but all of the animals survived because you know we don't want to piss people off. <laughs> we still gotta, we still gotta sell the toys, you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. No, the. The the third act was 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 crazy, but it does work, and I'm I was that does make sense. I genuinely was confused why it was working, but like sitting here and talking about it, uh, it's just it literally is the movie holds your hand and it protects you throughout the whole thing. And I'm so oh, what's uh? Please forgive me. You know me, Jeff. Who's the who's the actress who plays as his aunt, his aunt? Uh, Michelle Yeoh. Oh my gosh, I love Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, dude. Oh like, my gosh. That freaking, for, first of all, just getting her in the movie is a freaking coup. Because it's like, yeah, dude, if if, if Marvel is going to do anything about Asian culture, like, Michelle Yeoh, gotta get her. But the fact that, like, she gets a fight scene. Like, it's not a hardcore fight scene, but it, it's more of, like, a training thing. But the fact that she gets a fight scene with you know, hot shot, I'm about to be a star, Simu Liu, and kicks his ass. Yup, Like, yep. dude, she's, like, like, Michelle Yeoh's, like, in her 50s. And dude, she she's is, like, so, so good. strong and so graceful. 
during that scene like i love that scene i was like, like I, this is just like a training this is just part of a training montage but i love this this is so cool this is gonna sound weird i don't i i, I mean this in the most like complimentary way possible there are there are quite a few guys in their 50s that like look good you know like uh jason mm-hmm. staten uh the rock is about to get there uh you know uh, uh basically the cast of fast and furious so <laughs> uh but Michelle Yu, like, that's an inspiration to me right there. Like, she, I don't know why. Anytime I see her, I just, I just, oh, ugh. I, like, I, I mean, like, as in, like, I'm so inspired and so motivated. It's, mm-hmm. she's awesome. <laughs> she's yeah. Awesome. Absolutely, dude. I'm such a. Uh, that's just what she does. The I talked about it in like the non-spoiler cast a little bit. So we talked about the story. We talked I, I want to talk about the characters. I briefly went over this in the non-spoiler cast. The third act really good for the main character. Um and I think the third act We keep talking about the third act. It's just so it's so crazy. Like, okay, so I I do want to talk about the characters. I do want to talk about like the father right how mm-hmm. i like how and chat said this earlier and i think this is real important i like how like the father has this kind of like what's he gonna do next kind of vibe up until like the end of the second act and then you're like oh, okay well he's full full on evil because in the fr- he's kind of like a boogeyman and then when you get when you get to the flashback scene with him he is you're like oh he's he's not half bad he's not he's not that bad and then Right. I'm really happy because all of the terrorism happened off screen. Right. <laughs> we're right. Just told about it in yeah. narration. If we're if we're told about it, then it's okay, right? He's already redeemed yeah. in my eyes, <laughs> which is really smart on them. <laughs> and so, uh, but also I like what they did with um, Katie. I, already, I, I said how like they how they set her up as the driver. And they they gave her the bow and arrow, and they make fun of this towards the end of the film, where she where they're at the bar with their friends, and they're like they're like, yeah. oh yeah, and I just learned how to shoot a bow and arrow like yesterday, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, but I like how like she's genuinely just a friend. Yes, I I swear to God, I I really hope that their relationship remains platonic. I don't want them to hook up. If they if they do become romantic, let it happen in like phase six you know (laughs) like because it's so refreshing you know it's like thor's got jane and stephen strange has rachel mcadam christine uh and i'm just like uh like tony had pepper you know it's it's nice to just peter parker's got mary jane like peter quill and gamora have their thing like we've got all these like couples we've got all the all these ships happening it would be nice to see the superhero and his companion just be friends would be really nice without yes. any sort of like i would love think it'd be interesting if like there was no romantic thing yeah like spider-man and friends 100 percent. yeah it's like exactly. uh they uh um uh, yeah yeah they even talk also... about it with the the grandma in the beginning yeah the grandma's like it's like when are you two gonna get married and he's like no we're just friends, Grandma. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I like, in the very beginning of the movie, I said this about, um, 
Idris Elba's character whenever we were talking about Suicide Squad. Um, we first see him as an adult after the, the flashback, the initial flashback. And the first thing he does, he hits his alarm. He's like, Ugh, does it does a deep sigh and then does some push ups. Yeah. I can't tell you how relatable that is. <laughs> that like, but right off the bat, it tells us that this guy's disciplined. He's 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 yeah. disciplined. Um, he does it even if he doesn't want to. Exactly, like he's very disciplined. And but then right after that, they show he's irresponsible. So those are two kind of like clashing ideals, and it's like okay, so why is but I like how they like those two ideals start coming closer and closer and closer together as the movie uh, gets to its end result. And then at the, at the very end, he learns how to mix the two and still be himself while uh, accepting his past uh, because the whole the, he's disciplined because of his past, but he rejects his past, but he's irresponsible because that's kind of the person he wants to be moving forward. He wants to just live a normal life, like how he felt when he was with his mother. And then like, as the movie progresses, he's kind of like jumping back and forth between the two. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's a very rudimentary way of looking at it, but it was one of the first things that I saw and I was like, okay, well he did push-ups. Like usually, you know, unless they just made him do push-ups, just do push-ups. But I, I was like, okay, he's very disciplined. Maybe that was just to show, oh, he works out. This is why he's buff. No, it did serve a point in the movie, and I, and I thought that was really good. Katie's growth in the film. I, okay, it's weird because there's a lot of characters that get introduced, and they all go through growths, and it's all subtle. Yeah. And I think because it's subtle. I can't get mad at it. I can't dislike it. Because they don't just throw it in your face. Yeah, and they don't make it like, like a huge thing. Because the, the overall theme of the movie it is not... Uh, the messaging is not necessarily... Uh, aspire to be better. Well, I don't know. Like, the, the, the whole... No- I, I, I like the... I don't know. I got bored with my sentence. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to go off topic for a second. So chat says, what I didn't understand is if they had the sister's address, why did the dad want them together? Uh, dot, dot, dot. Uh, he brought them together because he knows where they were for the past 10 years. Uh, I, I believe you putting that in parentheses means that's your theory. If so, uh, then yes. Also, Jeff, whenever they were talking to her dad and like she was like, he basically said, oh, I've always known where you guys were. I immediately thought of, like, your D&D character, Trevor. I don't know if you had the same thought, but I thought about you. I thought about Trevor. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's what I did to Trevor in Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, well, I mean, I've always it, known where you were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense, because, like, he... And this, again, like, plays into the 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 layers of... Wen Wu as a quote-unquote villain, like, he says, you know, I gave you 10 years to live your life. And I I can kind of see it that, like, when Shang-Chi doesn't return after three days, like, I mean, he's the most powerful guy, he's one of the most powerful people on the fucking planet. Like, 
he knows where Shang-Chi is. Like, yeah. it, it, it's it's that, it, again, same thing, going back to Tony Stark and time travel. I bring this up because it's just something that always sticks in my crawl, but, like, people at the time were, like, so... Like, like they thought that Tony Stark inventing or, or figuring out time travel was such an ex machina kind of moment where they're like, oh, wow, they come over to his house and they're like, we want to build a time machine. And he's like, no, I don't want to. But then, like, two hours later, he figures out time travel? Really? But in my mind, I'm like, you guys don't think that fucking Tony Stark hasn't been trying to figure out time travel for the last five years since the snap happened? Yeah. I guarantee he's been doing this in the background. Now, that contradicts my whole if the movie doesn't say it, it doesn't count thing. But Endgame is different. There's a lot of stuff that happens off screen in that movie. Anyway, but <laughs> like, it, but again, it's it's that thing of like, yeah, like he, he says, like, I gave you 10 years to live your life. Like, I, I, I took that to mean... When Wu, as a father, is going, is t like obviously, like it, instinctually, he's probably angry and frustrated. Like you were supposed to do this thing and then return home, and you didn't. Why didn't you? But I think in his mind, he kind of goes, he takes a breath, he stop breathes, counts to three, and he goes, "All right, motherfucker, like you wanna, you wanna leave my fortress, you wanna leave my guidance, my power, like all of the the." food water shelter that i provide you if you if you want to leave that behind fine i'll let you go do your thing da, da, da. and he uses that to throw it back in his face where he's like i gave you 10 years to live your life and where did that get you yeah and yeah. he's like yeah like you're still gonna cut like we're still gonna be a family and again like that's the thing that just makes him such an interesting layered villain and makes him it's it's kind of uh um heart-wrenching towards the end where it's just like he just wants his family back he really does he, like he that's just, literally what he wants except that she's gone mm -hmm. um because i mean th theoretically there's a version of this story where it's like okay well yeah like we can be a family again the three of us but you gotta stop this whole crusade to find talo and, and unlock the gate and everything like they probably could have been fine you know yeah. like Shang-Chi even, like, that, the whole, like, conversation by the by the lake of, like, I'm going to kill him. Like, that's why that conversation happens is because he realizes dad's lost it. He's not going to stop. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be able to reason with him. So, yeah, I, I, I think that he very much knew exactly where they were and was just keeping tabs on them until he was like, all right, I, I gave you your time. Let's stop fucking around. You're coming home now. Right. And you know what? That's uh, it's exactly how I would have put it, too. And which and it also explains why he... Uh, <laughs> glad he didn't instantly age when he took the rings off to have a family, right? He didn't, oh, yeah, like, that would have sucked. <laughs> a thousand years just catch up to him. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Oh no, that's horrible. It just gets dusted. Um, I uh, yeah, you know, and and like, it's weird because I we were talking about this the other night during D and D. How like sometimes it's just nice having like a villain, and you know he he right. kind of fulfills this, but like. In a weird way. You know what I mean? You still well, I... sympathize him, but he is always... 
just bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I, I, I kind of feel like Wen Wu is the antithesis to what we were talking about. Because I, I think the point that Yaslin was making is like, like, yes, obviously, like, you want to have layered, dynamic villains who have sort of different motivations and are complex. But sometimes it's nice to just have a guy who's just pure fucking evil, who's just like, kill, 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 kill. Um, and that is fine, but I, I, I think the MCU kind of is that a lot of times. Like, I, I mean, the, the big ones that stick out to me, just because I love the actors so much, are... Uh, Thor: The Dark World and Doctor Strange, like it's so funny. Panda's saying the same thing. Panda's like he's human, and then Panda just brought out he's not a crazy being like Dormammu. <laughs> oh well, 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 yeah, D- Dormammu definitely. But I was also talking about uh, Kaecilius, the Mads Mikkelsen character, because there's nothing going on with that character. And, and again, I'm not shitting on writers, but there's nothing going on with that guy other than I want to awaken Dormammu so he can destroy everything. Yeah, it's like okay. You well, what's your? Where's the complexity? And like, same thing with Christopher Eccleston in Thor: The Dark World. Like, I'm reading through. I don't, I don't think I've actually talked to you about this, but I'm reading through um, the Jason Aaron run of Thor uh, that he did in 2016, I think it was, uh, which is what Taika Waititi is using as his kind of inspiration for Thor: Love and Thunder, which is the next Thor movie. So I was like, eh, fuck it. I'm going to, like, I've seen, I've been watching these movies and watching YouTube videos about the comics. I'm going to read the comics first this time. So there's, like, a couple of things that I'm I'm trying to read through before the shows and the movies come Ooh, out. Ooh, that's but, smart. Uh, but, uh, like, the character of Malekith is kind of, it, it's, it's, in a way, it's, Malekith is to Thor the way that Joker is to Batman. Okay. Uh, like yeah. he's one of That's Thor's arch like nemesis. rose gallery. That's like yeah. the big one. Like, really? Okay. I mean, you have like different enemies like come through like here and there, but like Malekith is the one who is like he he's Ma- prime. Malekith like, was in Dark World, right? Was in Dark World. Yeah. Which uh, which Dark World I still have not seen. It's um, okay. Just okay. For the record, I'm gonna interrupt you real quick. It's real quick. Okay. I okay. The th- the Thor movies. The first Thor movie. Uh, shout out to to Cosmonaut Marcus, uh, Dutch Angles. That's all I gotta say about that first movie. The second movie, I I like it. I don't know where it gets all its hate. Like I genuinely, I've seen it twice. And the first a D and D factor because there's like elves and shit. I guess it's like more of a fantasy film. It is more of a fantasy film. I don't know. Like maybe I need to watch it a third time. I do not know where the hate comes from. I I just I I watch it and I watched it a second time with Caitlin. And me, even me and K- even Caitlin was like, that film wasn't too bad. And I was like, yeah, no, it's not. So, like, if you do end up watching it, please tell me. Mm-hmm. Maybe okay. I'm just, like, biased. Like, even the first Thor film has, like, it's it's not, like, it has a good story. Like, it has a decent story that it's, that it's trying to tell. But you just can't see anything in the first Thor movie. The cinematography in that movie ruins. The editing of that okay. movie ruins the first film. But... <laughs> the second film, like, just works for me. I don't know. Like, hmm. I don't... Like, I, I'm probably missing something, but I just... Yeah. The, when you read before you watch, it's always disappointing. <laughs> it can be. <laughs> me and Jeff, uh, we went in depth about this. We, we're, we'll probably do a whole episode about, like, 
how we um, educate ourselves before a film and how like it ruins films for us. We could definitely do like a whole episode on that. Yeah. Uh, but what I was saying is, um, so like Malekith, same thing. Like in Thor: The Dark World, and this is very true to Malekith in the comics. He just wants to destroy. Um, it's uh, going to DC for a second. Steppenwolf in the in the theatrical version of Justice League. It's yeah. like, I am here because I want to destroy, because I want to kill, I hate life. And it's like, give me more, give me something more. And that's what I thought was really interesting here is that he, like granted, obviously the version of Wen Wu that we are told about in the opening sequence, yeah, he's that guy. Like, yeah. I want to dominate, I want to uh, assimilate as much wealth he's... and power as I possibly can, and I don't care who I have to step on in order to get it. He's he like is Kangas that guy. Kong. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a ruler. He's a, he's a conqueror. But what we see him in the context of this film, in the context of the story, his motivation is not world domination or to wipe out all of existence or, you know, any of those kind of classic plots. He wants his fucking wife back, man. Yeah. It's <laughs> such it's a so sad, sad thing. Yeah. It, so yeah. I, I found that really refreshing. Like, again, like the same thing of like, you know, it, it's the hero's journey. It hits a lot of the same beats that we've already seen before. But in the in the context of the the greater MCU, it's like, all right, Tony Leung, welcome to the top three MCU villains. Like, there's Thanos, Killmonger, and you, bro. Loki doesn't count. I don't count Loki. He's he's a main character now. <laughs> he's an anti-hero now. Yeah, like when when you have your own show and you're the hero, you're no longer like a villain. You, you've been converted. Uh, I actually before this. Uh, before this, we started doing this episode. Um, yeah, I, I saw that the the making of Loki, like the Loki docu, like the behind the scenes, mm -hmm. um, and they kind of said the same thing you were saying just now. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's part of the group now. Um, yeah, the, the main villain he he was done really well. Uh, it, it it I mean it was very cliche, you know. Right when he kind of he doesn't even really redeem himself either like he realizes that he's wrong oh yeah and then he's not given a chance to redeem himself and he's gonna I, well i guess he re he saves his son because yeah, holy crap but like that scene where where um shang chi like disses him like so, like basically says you know would would mom even want to come back to you if she saw you like this oh yeah and like he gets pissed and freaking one inch punches him into the the, the lake i was like damn yeah yeah <laughs> it was like i was like dude you pissed like that was the one thing you shouldn't have said like you <laughs> pissed him off and the worst thing is it's like i felt for his dad i was like I was like, oh, I yeah. mean, like, you don't talk back to your parents. Yeah, you'll get your, you'll get whooped. They will, they'll bring out that whip and what you say to me? And the, <laughs> like, oh, dude, it was, it was just one of those things where it was, I was just like, I was like, yeah, you kind of deserve that one, dude. Like, and it's weird because, yeah, I guess I, I, I do have to admit that I was wrong. He is a very complex, compelling character, and the only reason he is <laughs> is because he. They, I mean, they give him one thing 
to to hold on to is that like yeah the falcon punch <laughs> they give him one thing to hold on to <laughs> and that's his love for his family and then he wants to get them back and he wants to he wants to be with them um uh the uh, sister to, to to your point about the whole like don't say that about my wife because I will one inch punch you. Yeah. To be fair, like in Shang Chi's defense, thirty seconds ago he straight up said, "Like you couldn't even protect your own mother. You just stood by and watched her die." Bitch, I was seven. And there yeah, were like thirty was a... guys with guns. Like fuck off! I'm gonna save her right. life. <laughs> yeah, but that's like a, kind of what Panda's saying right here. Where I I I don't know. Panda's like all immigrant children are side in unison when he said that. Yeah, like all all minorities, yeah. we all felt that. We we're all like, oh, no. like we we're all like, yeah, you done did it. <laughs> you done talk back to your parent. Like, yeah, your dad can say whatever he wants, but you don't you don't say it back to dad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you are right. Like he's like, oh, well, you pissed him off. And, uh, the okay, so the the sister, I I I, I uh, rounding off the characters. The sister, mm-hmm. she she didn't fully develop, in my opinion. I think they left her kind of like Loki. They left her like she she kind of stayed the same throughout the film. And then like you get to the end credit, the very end credit, mm-hmm. and um, you see that you see that she's kind of, she takes after her father. And we already know this because she did start her own ring, and she even says. Um, my dad wouldn't let me part of his empire, so I made my own empire. And yeah. she's the perfect person to kind of take over for her dad because mm-hmm. she is she she trains as hard as um Shang Chi, but she also I think she thinks more like her father. She's not even that upset with a lot of the things that he says. Mm-hmm. It's almost like she expects him and she knows that he would say these things. Whereas, like, Shang-Chi, even though he was kind of, like, his his craft's weapon, like, his right sword, his sword to, to that was to be well to kill people, um, he seemed to be more emotionally set back by the things that his father did. Now, she, and she also, like, she, obviously she was still in love with her dad and the mythos of her dad, but she was hurt by him or if she wouldn't have run away. Um, did I miss, I'm so sorry. This is out of nowhere. I saw this earlier in chat. Did I miss someone subbing? Did my alert not go off? If someone did sub, thank you. Thank you for that sub. I really appreciate that. I somehow, I think I missed that, but I, I, I thought I didn't. Um, I love how the aunt says they are all trained equally and you felt her loss and loneliness. Yeah. Yeah. Because she, it's one of, it's like, it's almost like he had a favorite. And the second that, you know, she was talking to Katie and she was like, my dad, you know, I didn't want to deal with me after mom died because I reminded him too much of her. I was like, I already knew that. Right. I was like, all right, well, you're the daughter. You're, you're going to remind her of the, his wife. Mm-hmm. But that, that idea of the equality carries over in the, in the cutscene. So there is some growth. Right, she does give people what she didn't have, as like what every kid does. Like they do what they feel like their parents failed at, and they try to make up for it for the next right. generation, for their kids or for their legacy. They try to make up for it, 
and yeah, I saw you said that. Yeah, I tried to I tried to mention it before in chat, uh, Panda, but I like. I think I was like in full intro mode and full like trying to transition into the non-spoilers or into the spoilers version, and I, I see it up there, and I've it's been in the back of my head the entire time we've been talking. I was like, I just wanted to give shoutouts. <laughs> uh, yeah, isn't that funny? I thought the same thing, but the aunt said how much the son looked like his mom. I thought the same thing, but they always say that. That's just that's uh, blame J.K. Rowling for that. Aww. That's that they they say that about, and my boys look like me. I felt hard on that. Like, oh, did you? Oh, that's that's. I love that. Mm. I freaking love that. I'm so because I can't experience that right because I don't have kids yet. I love hearing that perspective. I love seeing other people's perspective in films. I ah, that's great. I, oh wow! I didn't even think about like being a parent and watching this film. Yeah. Like and how that affects. Wow! I thank you for sharing that. Just say nothing and nod, and he'll forget you are there. Look. <laughs> that, and then immediately, it's like you, Katie girl. And she's Chinese name. She nods and then looks over. And the sister's like, I don't know. What you, want. you know, figure it out. You're on your own now. <laughs> that was a great spot. Uh, that was good. One thing I I wanted to make sure we talk about. Yeah, please. Uh, going back to Katie really quick. She has my favorite comedic moment in the entire MCU. Okay. 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 Um, because it's a joke, but it's not the Marvel joke that you know we 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 converse about a lot about like it's it doesn't undercut the drama that's happening. It's not there just for like cheap laughs. Kind of like the the dude with the cell phone on the bus, you know that like that that to me read very like oh this is that quote unquote Marvel humor. Now he didn't he didn't annoy me as much as I thought he was going to. Like when he first showed up, I was like, stop it, keep showing. Don't show me the fight on a cell phone. Show me the fight. What is it? Okay, I get it. <laughs> Social media, dude. I that he, he grew on me a little bit. That felt so. I had like an existential crisis right there. I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. I was like, that's yeah. gonna be me. I'm like, no. <laughs> I just I, he made me laugh. I love that part. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry. But there, there's this great introduction to her character where we're they're telling the story of when they first met and she talks about how this dude was about to throw down with sean yep but she just started reciting the lyrics to hotel california yep because it confuses people like they don't expect it and then the fight is diffused and then they like go away and i loved that just just there like on principle alone because that's always been my theory if i ever get into a fight like i know that some dude actually did this and became and it became a viral video yeah he started my theory for my entire life has always been if i ever am about to get into a fight i'm just gonna strip naked (laughs) and confuse the guy i'm just gonna get naked and be like you want to fuck you want to go come on touch it let's go just because i want to like throw the dude throw the person off and confuse them so that i don't actually have to fight Anyway, that's probably too much information about me. So, but what what we think is just sort of this comedic anecdote turns out to be set up for a glorious payoff when they're climbing down the scaffolding and she's being chased and a fucking ninja drops down in front of her, wields a blade that he's about to strike her with, and she just goes, 
on an old desert highway <laughs> with the wind in my hair. And I, I busted laughing. I was doubled over. I was applauding. Everyone in the theater was laughing and applauding. It's my fit it, because it's it's just so perfectly shot and cut. The timing of the music cutting out is perfect because all you hear is her voice and like a subtle like wind sound effect because yep. they're like up in the sky and stuff. Oh my god, that was easily like yeah. It, it's my favorite comedic beat in the entire MCU. It, it, it's again, it's just perfect setup that you is. don't know is set up, and then it, it it's paid off splendidly. It, yeah, it, it is a good payoff. It, it's it's the the movie, and it, again, I'm gonna be a broken record. I always am. That's what makes this movie so great is that it sets things up to pay them off later. Everything mm-hmm. is set up for later. Even the jokes. And that's why the jokes hit and they work because they're set up. Uh, it was a great scene. It was, oh, the idea, I wasn't expecting it, right? It was another one of those mm-hmm. things where I thought it was like a throwaway line or like a, okay, we see what type of person she is or we're learning a little bit about the history. And they, it's a, it's a, it was great. I'm, I'm glad you, I'm happy yeah. you brought that up. No, that was a, touching, I, <sighs> I don't know if I like there was any jokes that stood out for me, right? I I think like for me, I spent most of the movie, and this is probably what probably distracted me from a lot of the movie. I like this is why I wish I was more of a casual viewer and I just experienced the movie for what it is because I'm spending like a lot of the movie trying to understand where they got this from the source material, right? Like, I'm trying to connect this mm-hmm. with my childhood. I'm trying to, like... I'm like, wait, but you're the Mandarin, but you're not the Mandarin. You're not the Mandarin I know. You're you're this guy. And, like, maybe for about 45 minutes of the movie, like, that's just what's going through my head. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, nearly half the runtime. Uh, and it shouldn't have. And it only was because I'm having that internal struggle uh, of, of those things. But I think, like... Like, you shouldn't ever let those things get in the way of what you're actually experiencing. Like, sometimes you just gotta, like, just, like, turn that part of your brain off. It, just experience the movie for kind of what it is. And sometimes just watch the movie as if it's, like, its own standalone film. Like, even if it's not connected to the MCO. And speaking of which, this is this was just the weirdest way for me to segue into this. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, the... The, the the third act brings talks about like multiple dimensions. <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on. I gotta address this with chat for a second. <laughs> uh, the karaoke credit scene brought it all together. Yes, it did. That was a great setup joke. I oh, love yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, me too. I apologized out loud for laughing. Watch it over <laughs> several times. You can just enjoy yourself. Yes, stream movie night. There actually is going to be one. Me and Jeff have talked about this. We're going to watch Twilight. I've never seen Twilight. And we're going to have a stream movie night with Twilight. Join the Discord. Um, I don't know if my moderator's here. Uh, He didn't want to have spoilers. So I'm going to put the Discord in the chat for you guys. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's going to (laughs) happen. I think my... Did my Discord thing work? Uh, I'll try to get it to work. Let me... It did not work. Uh, this is okay. So I'm going to get back on topic for our podcast viewers, but I'll, I'll get this thing to work. I'll get my moderator in here to make it work or something like that. It's probably not working because my other moderator 
got rid of what that was connected to. So, uh, just, uh, cause it was on TV. I've only seen the finale cause it was on this TV. Yeah. Uh, Kate, <laughs> if you could fix that, we got rid of the, if you could put the discord on stream elements, cause we're only using stream elements now. Uh, Kate, um, yeah, we got rid of Nightbot. Refugee got rid of him, and uh, I, I didn't realize that. So if you could do that, and if you could put the Discord in the uh, in the thing for the for the chat, I'd really appreciate that. Yeah, my moderator is going to get to work on it. One of my moderators is my wife. Uh, please thank her. She's she's great. She comes in handy when my other ones aren't thank here. Thank you, Caitlin. <laughs> so, all right. So back on topic for the for the podcast viewers. Sorry about that. My uh, uh, yeah. So the weird thing I was getting into was that. The oh my gosh, I okay, so sorry, sorry, I know I get off topic, I get distracted a lot. <laughs> I'm watching these like trailers and stuff, a lot of this, the promotions for the movie that I just have mm-hmm. playing in the background, and like so much of this stuff kind of spoils the movie. <laughs> like, they got the oh, dragon like, there, it, the toys, and the dragon, and look, there's the fuzzball what? dude. What well, the, the dragon's in the trailer. That's true. The dragon is in the trailer. Yeah. And the fuzzball okay. isn't necessarily a spoiler. You're just like, what the fuck is that thing? <laughs> You're like, what the heck is that? <laughs> well, because like, even on Twitter, as I was, which again, by the way, if you don't want to be spoiled for anything ever, stay off the internet. Entirely. Thank you, Yami. Thank you. Thank you, Yami. But uh, I was scrolling through Twitter like Saturday morning and like somebody was like Shang-Chi and then there was a picture of the little rotisserie thing with wings or whatever. And I was like, I-, I thought it was just something from an anime, and they were like making a meme out of it, like, "Oh, there's something in Shang Chi that reminds me of this faceless fuzzball creature with wings from some anime." I didn't even realize that it was from Shang Chi, so like, it was weird. Like, I saw that thing, and then I saw the movie, and I was like, still surprised because I was not expecting it to be in the actual movie. Right. Right. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I think yeah, I had a similar experience with. Um, Shazam, and I saw the. I think I told you the story. Like there was like pops of the Shazam family. Oh yeah, and I was like, that's not going to be in the movie. That's just in the comic books. And yeah. I was like, why? And then it came in the movie, and I was still shocked. But I was like, oh, so it was in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, anyways, my horrible way of um, switching the dimensions. I wanted to talk about this. So the the third act gets into like dimension hopping and like how they're how this little village um, is actually from an advanced society, and these are these were their best warriors that are left here to protect this other dimension. So they're literally like their dimension's gone. They're not they're not even from our dimension. Their dimension's gone. They lost it, but they're here to protect. Uh, Earth and, and our dimension and all those other things, which is kind of sad when you think about it and really mm-hmm. cool. Uh, however, if you've been watching, I thought it was interesting how they did this because if you've been watching Keeping Up with Disney, that's not the name of the show. I just was being redundant on how I speak. If you've been, <laughs> if you've been watching Disney and you've been seeing the uh, like WandaVision, Loki, not Captain and Wilkin Soldier, but that is part of no. it. But if you saw WandaVision and Loki, 
then you know alternate dimensions are, has been kind of the fad of of what's going on. So, like, when this showed up, I'm like, okay, like, this is, I mean, uh, they, like, they're getting into the whole idea that other dimensions exist. And so whenever characters start to talk about it, whenever characters come, it's like, this is just part of the new phase. Or this is phase four or phase five, whatever phase we're in. So, I was like, oh, they're really leaning into this. I was not expecting it, but as a audience member that's been keeping up with everything that's been going on, I was also not that surprised. I was like, of course, this uh, uh, the alternate dimensions in this episode as well. I, I was surprised at how subtle they brought it in, though. I know I say subtle. I mean, there was literally a giant Cthulhu monster, but <laughs> like subtle as in they tell the story and it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, we got it. We kind of got like a like we're doing like a whole dimension thing here and like uh, we're just protecting and you know not they didn't go like crazy how they did in loki and they didn't go they didn't make it a whole thing like how they did in wandavision um and i think they did that because they're also keeping in mind for the people that have not uh watched the tv shows like they're also trying like i think they're also really trying to involve and it makes me wonder and you said this at the very very beginning of the show it makes me wonder how are they how are they going to do this? Like it, it, are are they going to are the movies going to slowly start talking about the dimensions or are they going to go off of the assumption that you haven't um that you've seen all the TV shows as well? Well, the 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 way that I think about it too is is it's not just that they're going to start doing it in the movies so that like if you don't watch the tv shows you still understand what's going on i think the main reason they're doing it is so that if you don't understand multiverse theory you know what's going on yeah because like and, and this is doesn't even it's not even specific just to comics like this is just nerd media in general of like movies and tv shows but like the term multiverse to me like I instantly know what that means. I can wrap my head around that. But like, if you're just like, like, especially like young people, like if you're watching these movies and then suddenly like we start to get into multiverse, maybe they can't wrap their head around that. So I think that they're making the multiverse and alternate dimensions, alternate timelines, like this whole concept, they're seeding it into everything so that by the time we get to Multiverse of Madness, or maybe it's even beyond that, like w as we start to get further and further down the line, when shit really hits the fan, you like it doesn't matter if you've seen the shows or if you've only seen the movies or if you've only seen one of the shows or one of the movies, which if, if you're at this point, if, if you're along for the ride, you're along for the ride, let's be honest. But it's it's to make sure that like when shit really hits the fan, like you know what's going on and you're not lost. I, I think is is kind of the main thing. Because again, yeah, I still don't know. Like obviously, No Way Home's going to deal with it. Doctor Strange Two is going to deal with it. Um, but I I don't know what the the grand plan for Phase Four is. Um, because the other thing we have to remember the way that if if Marvel is going to continue the work that they did 
as with the Infinity Saga, really, this is just part one. We still have phase five and then phase it. You know, it's like it's going to be this ever evolving thing. So it's it's hard to know, like, you know, like like we, we talked a lot during this conversation as well in other conversations about like act one, act two, act three, the climax, you know, inciting incident, rising action, falling action, like all of these narrative terms. It's hard to know where in the giant narrative we are like we're still just in like introducing stuff so i think i rambled a little bit at the end there and no no i like it answer your question you did all. you did though like like i think um you, you really did answer my question because you bring up a fantastic point uh that like, like it, it is there to serve as a plot device and and that's the important thing but it, it but yeah like the the whole idea with the phases and you got me thinking uh hold on uh you and you got me thinking is the with like this is actually technically speaking okay technically black widows the first part of the phase but this movie is the first part of like phase four like this is the first after snap movie of phase four no spider-man was gosh it's just been Which, so I long mean, since spider-man far from, from home well, no, no far from home was the end of phase three. Oh, you're right really you're right so this is who the cares? first movie to phase four <laughs> yeah like who cares who really cares like and it's weird because i've been watching these tv shows and this is the first time that i feel like like i don't know like like As much as I liked Black Widow, this movie Uh just makes me way more hyped. (laughs) I think think I'm kind of on the same wavelength as you. This is the first new character since Captain Marvel. Yes, yes. This is like the first new character. It's the first new, like, it feels like we're... Because even the end credits scene, like, it feels like we're entering a new arc. It finally feels like we're in Phase 4. Everything else felt like it was like, the epilogue of phase three, but this finally feels like we're like in a new era. We're in an usher yeah. of a new era. Yeah. The, the thing that I really liked, and, and this is kind of what I was alluding to in our pre spoiler talk. Cause uh, I know sometimes people don't want to know how much the, the movie affects the, the greater MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I held off on talking about it. But what I was going to say was, I would even recommend this to someone who has never seen a single MCU movie because the thing that I love so much about this movie is that it works complete until you get to the post credits. Obviously it works completely on its own. Yes. Like th- they reference the snap, like, you know, cause the friend at the beginning is like, we're living in a, w- in a world where half the universe can just get blipped out of existence. Like all of a sudden, uh, and yeah, like Wong is there fighting Abomination, but then he just pieces out. And it's like funny. It's like, hey, there's this guy who does magic talking to this giant alien thing. I don't know what that is. It's just a creature. I'm in a magical world. I can roll with this. And and like, that's the thing that I thought was kind of amazing. Like, And yeah, he references, you know, you have Trevor Slattery and 
when when we like when they're at dinner he talks about like there was a man who impersonated me and gave me the name the mandarin and did, and he like does that but it's like <laughs> if you if you haven't seen iron man 3 then you're just meeting this guy and you're like oh that's the actor guy that he was talking about yeah okay um but yeah even in the post credit scenes it's continuing the journey of Shang-Chi. Yes. It's it's not a commercial for No Way Home or Multiverse of Madness or like like yeah, Captain Marvel is there and like she even says, "Oh, th- something's going on. I got to take this. Uh, bye." And she like runs away. So, "Oh god, like what's going on in the Marvels?" You know, maybe that's going to tie into that movie. Um, oh, I got a fun game for you. Okay. Was that scene scripted or did Brie Larson actually just have something? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, um, but yeah, like I, I loved that the post-credit sequence. It, it's not just teasing you for, all right, like here's the next thing. It's like, oh, oh, Eternals, Eternals is next up on the calendar. Here we go. It's like no, it's yeah, teasing more Shang Chi, which I was like, thank you. Yes. And then you have the it... post-post-credit scene, which you already talked about, and it's like, yes, we're just teasing more of what we just saw. As opposed to, all right, let's start getting hyped for what's to come. When does Eternals come out? What are we looking forward to next, Jeff? Uh, Well, especially after this, and and that's a wonderful question because my answer ties directly into what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Eternals because I don't have a fucking clue who these people are. Yeah. Like, I I, I know who they are because they are mythological beings. Like, I know... Gilgamesh and Icarus and, and and I know stuff from myth and folklore because that's who these characters are but I don't like I, 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 I'm so eager same way with Shang-Chi to just be introduced to stuff that I don't have a frame of reference for like I, I... don't know what the story is going to be and again like the whole thing of like you know they they have like stood they have gently helped humanity along but they have stood back and let so many bad things happen what's happening now that they finally have to step in and take action right i'm excited to to find out because i don't know i don't it's like it might have something to do with celestials you told me i don't know what those are (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I know very little about Celestials. I know more about Celestials than I know about Shang Chi, but it's still very little. And honestly, I think what I'm gonna start doing on my stream, uh, you know, which you can catch me at Digital Hero. Uh, damn it, I always do it wrong. Well, there goes my plug in. I'm not even gonna do a shameless plug anymore. <laughs> what I'm gonna start doing on my stream is I think I'm gonna start because I watch a lot of like, I just don't have time for as much reading as I want to do. Right. And like what I, what I want to do is honestly go to the comic book store and buy comics, but I might just start reading comics on my phone. But what I do a lot is like, there's these YouTubers that honestly deserve a lot of credit for what they do. And I might just start like doing react videos and like showing these people, these YouTubers and telling them to go watch these YouTubers and uh, on my stream so that people, if they want to, they can be informed as as well as they can see, like, the kind of stuff that I dive into before a movie comes out uh, and how I know the stuff that I know, um, as well as, like, every I will download digital comics that I think are, are relevant and I'll read them as well. Uh, so 
that's stuff that like I do, and it's it's that thing again. Me and Jeff could probably do a whole episode on that. Like I can't help it. Like I just I want to know. Like I <laughs> I want to know what the, what the, what I'm getting myself into. But with Eternals and Shang Chi, I'm going in blind, and I like going in blind. I love not knowing anything and letting the movie tell me. And then I love. I did this with Green Knight. I love seeing it and then doing the research after. Because I feel like if you watch the movie and then read the book, you're less disappointed. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like, you watch the movie and then you do the research and you read the book. And, um, but they plan, uh, convert us away from being casual watchers so we can struggle with them. Dude, you'll struggle with the both of us, dude. Yeah, we'll convert you and question every aspect. Oh, I love watching the movies the way that I watch them. But at the same time, I hate it. Like, I, I wish I could see things in a perspective as the way that my, my wife sees them. But Caitlin, you know, the more she's, the more time she spent with me, she's getting really into movies and getting good into it. You know how I'm such a snob about choreographing? She's become kind of a snob when it comes to, like, fight scenes and choreographing. She knows what to look for in fight scenes because I love, I have so much respect for stuntmen and the things that they do. They don't get enough credit. Uh, but, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about doing. In my stream, but I, I, I've, I've picked up this new habit to where, like, I start doing my research after I watch the film. Because then it's like, I see the creative liberties that the director took. So I don't go in there as a fanboy, right? And then I don't have this struggle mm -hmm. while I'm watching the movie being like, but that's not what happened to the movie. That's not, that's not uh -huh. what happened to the comic books. No, I'm... I, <laughs> Well, it, it, it's funny that, that you mentioned that because that's literally what I am, am running into now with Thor Love and Thunder because, for, first of all, Taika has, has cited he's reading this specific run as influence. Okay. The other thing what, is... Do you know the run? Uh, it's, a, it's a run that's uh, written by Jason Aaron, and it was like around 2016, 2017. Do you, know, uh, what, do you the, know what it's called by chance? If not, it's okay. I think it's, uh, I can look at it real quick. Is it the one, is it like, is it the one with the god killers? Yes. Oh it's my the, god. So the, the first arc is Gore the God Butcher. And no. And into Jeff. Uh, female Thor. Jeff. What? Okay, one I've I've somewhat read that arc, but I used that arc for Itzel's story arc. Oh, that's that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. What I made when I was doing Itzel's, it was very much inspired, like Hassan and and her the other dude or brother, uh, <laughs> very much inspired by those arcs. That's hilarious. Uh, I just dropped a link in the Discord chat. Oh yeah, go uh, check out the Discord chat. Uh, check out the link if you want to, if you want to read comic books or if you want to at least look. Lady Thor is awesome. I'm so happy that we're gonna get a Lady Thor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what I'm, but what I'm getting at is like, so, so we know that Gore the God Butcher has been confirmed as appearing in Love and Thunder. And just in case people haven't seen the announcement, I won't say who's playing him, but it, it is public knowledge. It, it, it's public knowledge, and we're in a spoiler talk anyway. Yeah. But Christian Bale is playing Gore the God Butcher. I didn't know that. That's freaking awesome. 
And but here's the thing. Again, kind of going back to uh, the whole notion that the comics are not, and, and the inspiration that we're drawing from, it's not necessarily like a one-to-one ratio, right? So in my head, I'm reading like like I I, I finished like like I'm I'm already into Lady Thor now. So in my mind, I'm reading the whole Gore the God Butcher arc, and I get to the end and like complete it, and I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I love what they've done with this. This is such an interesting... He's such a great villain. Um, there's complexity there, but also how they kind of turn it around yeah. at the end. Yeah. Like, like the, it, it's... it's uh, I won't get into the specifics just in case they do end up going in the movie, but it, it reminded me a little bit of the whole ship of thesis. Uh, oh, that's such like, a good... I'm going yep. to mess with your logic of what you think you're doing and that's going to throw you off your game kind of thing. I mean, yep. it, it still is going... Obviously, it's like a big epic energy blast and, and stuff going on and all that kind of stuff, but... Um, it's but, no longer the Odin Force. Right. It's the Thor Force. <laughs> yeah, um, love that. But I'm also looking at it, and I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute. He might not necessarily be the main villain of the movie. Mm-hmm. He might just show up for, like, a scene or two uh maybe in this version gore the god butcher is in jail like he's imprisoned because like you know they already the whole like god bomb thing like happened and it's part of like the lore of the mcu in asgard like yes many years ago like we didn't mention this in in the previous movies but thousands of years ago gore the god butcher did this thing and he's been held in a prison ever since we must go find him and, and they treat him like he's hannibal lecter you know, like, we must go find him because he has information that will help us find this other bad guy who is the real villain. So th- that's the thing, like, what, why I'm agreeing with, uh, I forgot who it was, it, like, I think it was Panda, but somebody said, you know, reading stuff before you watch it just makes it more disappointing. Yeah. I feel that now, because I'm like, yeah. oh, that's right, just because I read it doesn't, and, and I know that he's in the movie doesn't necessarily mean they're following this storyline. Yeah. That's, and yeah, that's why, like, this is I'm trying this new thing where like I'll because it it helped me with Green Knight a lot because I went into Green Knight I watched Green Knight I was super confused I was trying and it's like one of those movies I think Green Knight's just one of those movies you probably should I probably should have educated myself a little more on before I saw it but it, I was still like it it was a movie that made me think which was a good change of pace of than just like turning off my brain and watching explosions it was a movie that made me think it was a movie that made me like enjoy the art um still a little too slow for my taste but Mm -hmm. i could just be conditioned differently who knows uh and but then after i educated myself afterwards i was like it made me appreciate the film even more and made me think back and made me Mm -hmm. like made it uh, available for me for a second watch, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do this now with other, with other media's, but I still have the habit of like doing some research before I, I watch the actual like stuff because I just can't help myself, like because you know they put yeah. stuff in there for the people that know, you know, there's like there's there's Easter eggs in there, and you like it's so fun oh, yeah. to catch those Easter eggs, like for example. The dude with the quote from Katie with the machete arm, the machete hand. Uh-huh. Razor I, fist. Yeah, apparently he's a... I just don't know who that villain is. 
no idea who that huh. villain is. And so, like, I, I'm pretty sure he... And I'm I'm well, also pretty sure... Comics. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's from the comics, which is why he probably stayed around. But I'm also pretty sure that, you know, that one dude, that Ibuki-looking dude... Uh, oh, yeah. That fights Michelle Yao at the end. I'm pretty uh, sure... He, the Death Dealer. Is that his name? The credits. Yeah. Okay. Which, again, is weird. It's like, we don't know anything about that character. Like, he's no. just the right hand of Wenwu and he's got a kabuki mask and yeah. he's like really good. But again, it's like one of those things where you look at the credits and you're like, Death Dealer? Who said that? So that wasn't a That wasn't a double. <laughs> that wasn't a the, the um so uh, uh it was actually W V Girl who brought out the the thing oh, about yeah. like reading. Um when you watch it first then the book becomes the iceberg rather than the disappointment that left your favorite but that is a fantastic way of putting it. Mm. I like that. The book becomes the iceberg because you watch the film and you're only at the tip of the iceberg. And then you read the book yeah. and you're like, oh, shit. You get all the other, shit. <laughs> all the other stuff. Uh, the. Remind me where I was. <laughs> uh, you were talking about the death dealer. The oh, right. Mask. So there was one scene. That kind of tricked me. I I thought there would be more to it, and then I was like, "Oh no!" So there's the scene where um, Shang Chi is fighting uh, Death Dealer, and then is like he's gonna go deal the final blow, and then he kind of like thinks back to how Death Dealer like trained him, and it's almost like this like flashback of like training him, and this this small montage of like he he was almost like this like senpai like uh pseudo father figure to him in a way then like death dealers eyes widen like oh i'm gonna die and for a moment i interpreted that as like oh maybe those weren't shang chi's memories maybe they were death dealers memories I was like, "Oh, are they gonna have like a moment later on?" Because his life gets saved. I was like, "They're gonna, are they're totally gonna have like a moment later on in the film?" Yeah. And then you know, he just he gets. Can I? Uh, I I'm so glad that you brought up that moment. Can I tell you a, a thought that popped into then my head? Soul sucked. Yeah. Uh, so the the scene, uh, the the second big action sequence on the, the bamboo scaffolding outside of the building. Yeah. And then Death Dealer and Shang-Chi, they land on that little landing and they're kind of like sparring, they're fighting. Shang-Chi is like about to stab him, but then in comes Wu, and then like the fight is dissipated, right? Yeah. Okay. Go with me on this. Okay. But for a brief moment, because th- there was a line earlier... It's the flashback scene where Shang-Chi is about to go on the mission that he ultimately, like, uh, where he kills the guy that killed their mom. Yeah. And uh, uh, Zhang Li is, like, you know, sad because, like, he's going to be leaving her behind. Da, da, da. And she says something like, if mom was here, and then he cuts her off and he goes, mom is dead. And it occurred to me at this point, I was like, wait a minute. We haven't seen mom die yet we just have been told yeah that mom is dead yeah and then when there was that moment where he's uh cutting back to the fight oh you thought i was thinking fucking taskmaster all over again bro. yeah like, mom is behind that kabuki mask and i'm so glad i was wrong because i was like <laughs> but again it's like 
Okay, that makes total sense, like, that that would be a twist that the movie would do, because they just did it in the other movie. So it, it it's a thing that could happen. That being said, <laughs> it would be ridiculous for them to pull the same twist two movies in a row. That... But for a very brief moment, I was like, that's their fucking mom, dude. <laughs> oh if my that gosh. happens, I'm leaving this theater right now. <laughs> Oh, dude. Yeah, it looks like, oh, it looks like chat thought the same thing. Like girl, uh, wave girl thought the same thing. That's, dude, I didn't, that didn't even cross my mind. Cause I was it, like, don't you dare do the same thing <laughs> twice. <laughs> that would have tripped me out. Holy shish kebab. Yeah, wow. Um, we're, we're, I, you know, we talked about, we talked about characters. We talked about plot. Um, we talked about uh, choreogra- choreographing, uh, cinematography. I, I mean, the cinematography. You can have the best choreographing in the world, but if the cinematog- cinematography is as good as the Jason Bourne fight scenes, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. The cinematography was fantastic in this film. It was it, uh, like. With the CGI added on there, and then um, there were points I felt like I was watching Spider Man Two all over again. Sam Raimi Spider Man Two. Whenever they yeah. like really hardcore integrated, which makes sense because it was shot by the same guy. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! That's right! Yeah, <laughs> that's right! You said it's this early in the frame. Holy sh! Oh. Yeah, all dude, right, guys. Fuck, dude. I gotta, yeah, dude. I'm like, I need to stand up. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> like, of course you were having flashbacks. It's the same gosh, dude. Gosh, no wonder. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was getting Spider-Man 2, but wow. <laughs> you said this in the beginning of the, 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 the podcast. I even pulled it up on the stream, and I was like, yeah. I was highlighting <laughs> Spider-Man 2, and just now my brain is, like, putting two and two together. Jeez, I'm. It's been a long day for me. Okay, like, I just got off of yeah. work. Like, it was, <laughs> uh, and I felt that line when um, he said, "Left us to die," and Sis said, "Now you know how it feels." I felt that too. Okay, so I don't cry during films. Oh, that's right. We gotta talk about that. <laughs> I don't cry during films, and I'll like uh, r- real quick note: the cinematography uh, is really good. The it's done by um, Bill, Pope. Bill Pope. It's done by Bill Pope, who is who did Spider Man. And back back when Spider Man Two came out, they were it, part of like the the marketing was you're not going to be able to tell the difference between the CGI Doctor Doc Ock and Spider Man and the real one. And that was like a big part of the marketing push was like they're going to have this amazing mm-hmm. fight scene, and that is that is a a memorable portion of that film is them fighting in uh, Chicago. So the, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm laughing at my own joke. Uh, (laughs) The, the, the way that the camera centers on and pans with the fighters, you know, that's that Bill Pope had, was directly, 
speaking with the stuntmen. Because, like, what they do is they probably did pre-vids, and they probably did... They probably said, okay, this is where we're going to have it. And, like, the stunt people also knew, like, hey, uh, which camera do you want me to work with? Like, where's the camera going to be? And, like... And, and they yeah. probably knew, like, because uh, this stuff had to be choreographed. I don't think, if you ever seen Raid, I don't think that they were, like, improvising it. Because in Raid, it's a little bit of, like, it's kind of oh, like, a, God, a, like no. a dance, an art form. No, this was definitely, like, very much choreographed, very much, like, you know, beat by beat. You're going to go here, you're going to go here, you're going to go there. So, I, uh, you you know that they knew where the camera was going to be set up. They, they'll do this thing where, like the you know the stuntmen will know how the scene is supposed to be set up and they'll have other stunt people play the roles of the actors and then they'll they'll play out the yeah. scenes where they they'll think the scene is like supposed to do like on a cell phone or something exactly. so that they know exactly what the shots are and so uh then the like i'm so happy because like to compare this if you we we're going to compare this to iron fist cuz it was brought up earlier on our on the podcast the iron fist the end of season one with the big finale against the one dude they didn't have like oh you can tell there was no um communication between the stunt team and the cinematographer because it was just like hey how are we going to do this oh we're just going to do a wide open shot and it's like which camera do you want me to work with which camera because we need i'm not going to actually hit the person like we'll get close to hitting each other but i need to know which camera yeah. so that then it creates a lot of cuts and it creates a lot of this and that so if the fighters know if the stunt people know which cameras to work with then they can they can make it look so much better uh fighting mm-hmm. in chicago yeah because the, the there's no there's no trains like that in a in New York, uh, the love how you get accustomed to directors and the style, and you know you will love the movie before you see it because who directs it? See that like Jeff actually has a, uh, his, his he's he's actually got his toes in the industry. Um, I'm just now getting into that. I'm just now like getting into like the crew. So like for me, when I see like a a, a, a stunt coordinator, and I'm like, oh, that guy's part of this film, I get excited. Uh, and this is this is new for me. I've always like only given like actors, so I'm starting to get to know directors now, and I'm starting to get to know uh, cinematographers, and it's like it's uh, it, it's making me enjoy the films and get hyped for the films even more, mm. in a good and bad way. But like like I said earlier, the way I watch movies, as much as I would love to watch movies with zero knowledge again, I don't think I would ever want to stop watching movies how I watch them now. I know I just want to learn more and more. With that being said, I went on a long tangent. I'm sorry, but we're on brand. <laughs> this wouldn't be <laughs> digital roundtable if we didn't get off topic. I don't cry a lot during movies. Um, however, that scene where he said, where she was like, now you know how it feels. I was like, okay. But then that scene when they're on the dragon. Okay, okay, I okay, I didn't just shrug my shoulders. I thought about my sister, and I thought about my Aww. own siblings, and I was like, I think, like this is this is honest. I'm sharing something that I kind of didn't don't want to share. I didn't even share this with my wife. I kind of like related to that scene a little too much to the point where I wanted to like n- like, I wanted to bring the scene down in my own head so that I wouldn't have the same feeling. Cause I, I have, I have a very similar experience in my own life 
and don't don't worry me and my siblings me and my family we're all we're all good we're all good but i had a similar experience in my own life where like i was like i was like damn like i really hope my siblings don't feel that way you know and like we're yeah. good we're on good terms but like they come over and they they play on my setup and crap like that and like i love my sister to death and she loves me right back and we'll do anything for each other but then that next scene where Like he's holding on to her and yeah. she's like, let go. And like you expect him to let go. That's what happens in every movie. It's like you know, yeah. like and I thought that was it. I thought this was I thought this was well, Katie. I, I not Katie. She was gonna be okay though. Me too. I thought she was gonna be I okay. She was gonna die, like I figured she had like a trick up her sleeve kind of thing. Right. I was like, Oh, she's gonna be fine. This is just her way of saying, I trust you, I know you'll come back now. But yeah. then when he's like, I'm not leaving you again. Yeah. I was like that's where, that's where I started tearing up, dude. I was like that like if I I probably would have I definitely felt like the tear ducts happening. I was like I was like oh my freaking gosh. Like no. And like and if it wasn't for the fact that I knew that Katie was sh- getting you know going to shoot the guy cuz they set it up. I was like Katie shoot the guy already. Like I actually yeah, got yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. shoot cuz please because they (laughs) they they did sit on that spot they sat on that scene for like a good eight seconds and that felt like forever i was like they're just staring at each other and he's like i'm not letting go he's like i'm not i'm not leaving you again well but and she just smiles she doesn't even argue yeah that's the that's the groundwork that the the preceding hour and 45 minutes does that's the a testament to them as actors because like i'll just be blunt that is a cliche moment like how many times in movies have we seen a character who abandoned their loved ones a long time ago and they've now resurfaced and then there's some point where they look the person in the eye and say i'm not gonna lose you again yeah or I'm not leaving you again, you know, whatever it is. But I fucking started tearing up and like, I started laughing, like, or not laughing, but like, you know what I mean? Where I'm just like, cause like I had the, like the, the, the real moment, like I let it affect me kind of like what you were saying. Uh, and I just like felt the moment. And then I started crying even more. Cause I was just laughing. I was like, dude, this is such a cliche moment. This should not get me, but it is. Yeah. And it's getting me because I like this fucking movie so much. I let's go. Let's get, I just got hyped all over yeah. again. And that's why, and again, that's why I think like why both me and you rated this movie as an eight. Whereas like a movie at a seven does this cliche moment, but it doesn't, that's the thing this movie does things that are done in other movies but it does it with its own flavor right like it's something that i've seen a million times but it does it successfully within its own rhythm that you can't help but enjoy it no matter what because it, it does it so successfully in its own film in its own right um which is why it's deserving of its eight uh, for, from us, and um, I, I don't need to justify the number. The numbers are arbitrary, but it's just to give you yeah. guys like it's just for me to give a visual representation because apparently I visualize things in numbers of like <laughs> my emotional connection to this freaking film, uh, and yeah, just like what uh, chat's saying right now. The fact that like 
it wasn't that he was just holding her. It was like he had the rings grip her. Like he was using everything that he could to this time, everything in in his literal power uh, to make it happen. I'm we're we're just about we're we're hitting we're going just past the thirty minute mark, so we're gonna have to start wrapping things up here. Uh, I I I do want to say something about the character as a whole. I thought it was interesting that they gave him powers, um, as in the ten rings. I like. I, in, in I my mean, opinion, to fight yeah, with, I know like, alongside Thor. And, I know. Yeah. 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 That's like, that's my thing is like, I just like, I'm telling myself the same thing. I just like, I wanted him. I was really expecting him to be kind of like Batman or to be kind of like, you know, like Hawkeye in the respect oh, yeah. where, but then I'm also really happy that he has the rings because that means they're going to showcase him more. That that means he is yes. he is going to be because like you can only going to matter right he you you can only do so much with Black Widow and Hawkeye like as much as as cool as they are it's like they don't you know when, whenever whenever something big comes about they they have to go fight the grunts or they have to go do something yeah. uh, uh, lesser as as unfortunate as it, it sounds mm-hmm. and. So it does mean that he is going to matter. And, like, I'm not disappointed. It's just me, like, my expectations were put in a different place. I'm happy with the resolution of him getting the rings. I am kind of worried. I kind of, well, I, I guess it's not worry, but I do feel like that Doctor Strange, or what's his name, Ming? Is going to, uh, like, Wong. Wong is going to uh, confiscate the the rings or something. I don't know why, but I just feel like yeah. something like that might happen. Um, it, it, also, these characters, they seem so chill. I don't. Yeah. You know how like, you know how like every Avenger fought one another almost at one point? Yeah. Uh, but it's also just kind of see like, oh, who would win? Thor or the Hulk? Or what happens if Mjolnir rams into uh, the shield, which, oh my god, don't even let me go on that rant about the shield. But <laughs> it does, the shield is literally a plot device. It doesn't, they nerf it and buff it. It can, <laughs> if Captain America yeah. comes out unscathed whenever Mjolnir hits him, but you throw a grenade at him and he'll fly across a football field. Like, <sighs> okay. Uh, <laughs> The, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm overall, I'm just excited for where this movie's going to go. And it seems like it's the small scenes of him holding onto his sister and his father. I even got emotional when his dad was just looking at him. Didn't even say anything. Just looked at him. Oh, when he was a baby or no, 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 no. When Cthulhu was eating his soul. Oh yeah, good God! What like, is dude? Yeah, y- you could write like like people have written essays about Tony Leung's eyes. Like it, that's all he has to do is just look. He just he was just looking at you, and you're like you just know you hear everything that he's saying, and it's like Shang Chi knows everything that he's saying, mm-hmm. and you're like, damn, because any other movie it would have been like I love you, son. Take care of your sister. Ah, 
You don't need it. It's not needed. It's so like that, I didn't even like, think about that. Wow. Props yeah. to that. It's like they don't say goodbye or anything like that. Nothing. That to that was so powerful to me. I was like, huh. because like that's so something my dad would do. My like my dad, my dad's gone on two tours to Afghanistan, and like we didn't say anything to each other. He gave me like he. I I remember as a kid, I was a punk kid. Yeah, just sent him the rings. Yeah, that's all he did. Actions yeah. speak louder than words. He was just like, you- "Oh my god, I didn't even think about that." He sent him the rings, the thing yeah. that he cherished, like more than his children, almost. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, it. Which, which literally his legacy. Sean even says that, like you, ca- like all you cared about was those damn rings. Like he even says that to him in the fight. Oh my gosh! Like he gives him his rings. Gosh, dude, that's so emotional. Like, and it it's it's it really is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um. No, dude. Like, yeah, the movie's great. Go watch it. I've I've said all that I have to say, Jeff. I've been in the spotlight for like thirty minutes. Please, please, <laughs> just say say. No, your... I mean, I I I think the 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 only thing. Do I want to add? Do it. Do it. Well, I, 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 it, I, I want to mention it because it's something that I didn't think of. It, it is not my original thought. It is something that I'm taking from somebody else on YouTube. Um, but getting some deja vu. This, this films, and, and kind of going back to the cinematography and the the overall direction of the movie, the film's use of the wait of the Z axis is amazing. And what that means is when we think of a movie, we think of height and width of the screen. It's like four by three, 16 by nine. So like that's the Y axis going up and down and the X axis going from left to right. The Z axis is going from front to back. So things moving away from camera, things moving towards camera. And it, it's, it's weird. Like the, there were moments during this film, like especially when uh when Wu puts the pendants in the dragon and all the water comes out and shows the map of the forest, you know? I felt like I was in a 3D movie because of like all I the water exactly and mean. the splashing and everything. And like we're we're even seeing in like a lot of the shots where like, you know, when Razor Fist like swings and Shang-Chi ducks underneath it and the blade comes like right towards the camera and then swoops back. Like there are so many shots in this movie that make excellent use of the z-axis which is again incredible considering that this movie was not shot for 3d yes of course it was later converted to 3d but that's something that studios do just because they want to be able to charge higher ticket prices um because they can like oh it's in 3d we can make an extra five dollars off uh, of you and but it makes like, it fuck that. so much harder like it, it takes another because oh, you yeah. have to plan the 3d in the filming yeah but like again like that's something that uh if you haven't seen the movie which by the way if you i mean i know everybody here has and obviously if you haven't then we spoiled the whole thing for you but uh if you're thinking about seeing it again like that and you want to look at it from like that technical kind of point of view um that's something to definitely pay attention to uh uh that's just the the last thing that i wanted to add but yeah I, i love this movie way more than uh i thought that i would same same 
Uh, chat, they said they saw it in 3D tonight. They paid three more dollars. <laughs> was it worth the extra three dollars? Uh, did, did Jeff bring up a good point in referencing that? Uh, also, I want to say whenever it was worth the three dollars. Okay, maybe I'll just, I don't know. Um, I, I say maybe I'll go see the movie in 3D. I'm not. I'm not going yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always have fun when I watch movies in 3D, but I never remember Same. the movie in 3D. Same. So I'm like, why? Water it, was gorgeous. Yeah. Hmm. Was yeah. it, well, I guess it was water. Anytime I think of waterfalls and water and stuff like that, I think of like, oh yeah, the three that three that part in 3D with the water, that probably would look awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, if you if you're a fan of 3D films. Watching 3D. No, like it's funny that you say that because uh, Ramon in in Discord, I think he brought up something or someone said something. Pretty sure it was Ramon. I literally felt the same thing that you said, Jeff, or that the YouTuber that you're referencing said, except I couldn't say it in such technical terms. The best way I could put it was it was like it was like, and I these aren't even my words, so I'm referencing someone as well. It was like watching a Tekken movie, but a good one. <laughs> it was like yeah. watching a fighting game. Like there were some scenes where I was like, "This is a cinematic from Final Fantasy." Like, <laughs> Ooh, l- let me ask you this then, real quick, before we wrap up. Yeah, because uh, another YouTuber pointed this out. Does this movie give you faith that one day? there will be a good live-action Dragon Ball Z movie. Okay, I've heard this. Uh, uh, no. I, well, I, okay, no, that's not my answer. That's me. I'm I'm weird when I think. I stutter a lot, and I, I say mm. words. I, I say filler words. Um, I've had this thought. Literally, like, after 30 minutes after I watched the movie, I got we got home, and I was thinking this to myself. And I immediately thought of the conversation me and you had, Jeff. And then I was just like, man, screw it. Because I know, I know I'm being very vague. I like, I like to lead up to the, the thing. Uh, the, the, the problem is, Jeff, you opened my eyes. There are, there are good Dragon Ball Z movies out there. There are good uh, there are good freaking uh, superhero movies and video game movies out there. They're just not labeled with the movie and the character. Yeah, I think the possibility and the potential is always there. It's just that we're cursed. I, I, I and again, I'm gonna go with the theory that I had before. I just feel like all the good directors or all the people who want to do it are they just they didn't grow up with it or like they don't. It just doesn't interest them as much. Or maybe, like, and I'm not saying the people who did make them didn't have a passion for it and weren't trying their hardest right. to make it happen. What, but what I am saying is that, like, it's cursed. And until we get a successful one, we're going to keep getting crappy ones. And it's, like, it's the same thing with, like, superhero movies. Like, super mo- movies were good, but they weren't great or phenomenal. And then Disney showed us. Well, I'm not even going to say Disney. I'm going to say Warner Brothers gave us uh, uh, Batman. Batman Begins. And then they gave us Batman Dark Knights. And they showed us like, hey, look. You know, like we like. And it's not like it's like comic books. They go on for issues on issues on issues. So it's like 
Mm-hmm. It's hours of materials. It's not, you know, that argument of like, well, video games are like 50 hours of story. It's like, I don't care. Like, there's 10 Game of Thrones books. Like, you can still, there's, there's have you read Lord of the Rings? Like, there's so much filler in that book. But yeah, Peter Jackson made it work. But he also took a lot of reference. I saw this on uh, Corridor Digital. He took a lot of reference from um, the animated Lord of the Rings. Uh, so, hmm. to answer your question... Does this give me hope? No, it pisses me off even more because it's like <laughs> we've always had the potential. We just haven't done it successfully. You're, you're looking at this like this does not give me faith that there can be a live action Dragon Ball Z movie. This just is what I will take as a live action Dragon Ball Z movie. Exactly. It pisses me off because it's like <laughs> just change everyone's name, change the context of the movie. Oh, the, the, boom, Dragon Ball Z. Like, yeah. it should already be a thing. It just pisses me off that it's like, it's not happening yet. It doesn't give me hope. It just, there's a curse. There's a curse. There's a superstition. And I will, I will, I don't know if you've ever seen Malcolm in the Middle and you've seen that episode where Hal is bowling and he's almost on the perfect game. If I have to do rituals every morning, just like that episode of Malcolm in the Middle... I will start doing them to beat this curse, <laughs> but <laughs> I, uh, I do, I do think the possibility for, um, those types of movies are a thing. And what a, honestly, what a fantastic, oh yeah, no, like, I, I love that you brought that up. So thank you for bringing that up. Is there anything else you would like to see me rage on? <laughs> it's like, no, I don't, I don't want to get you all riled up, riled up before bed. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay. When, um, in literature, when a character comes into contact with water, it usually indicates change. Yeah. That's why they, um, it's, that's why there's, it's always raining during the, the, the rising action of the plot. Uh, or like, uh, I would totally watch four or five hour movie. You know, I think a lot of people would as well. I think because uh, Western society, and this is me just uh, answering last question of, thought, uh, of of chat, and then we're going to wrap up. Um, I think, <clears throat> I think because Western culture, specifically America, is always about um, what's the saying? Uh, there's it's a very popular American saying: if you're if you're if you're early. You're on time, and if you're on time, you're late. You're late. We have, yeah, we definitely have this mentality of, like, we have to go, 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 go. So I think, like, movies actually, like, if you watch some uh, Akira Kurosawa films, they actually used to be really long. Um, and, I, and I think, like, society has kind of, like, shortened them on the aspect of, like, we always need to be somewhere. Uh, I mean, look at all the people that watch the Zack Snyder film. I think there's still, I think there's still a thing. Uh, there's a showing for that, uh, but I, I don't think movie theaters will support it. That's the bad part. So maybe streaming services, mm-hmm. maybe streaming services might revolutionize that. Uh, but with the breaks and snacks and breaks, yeah, it'll have intermission. The old uh, Kira Kurosawa films had intermissions in them. Uh, the Avatar movie, finish him. <laughs> that was great. I um, I enjoyed Shang Chi. Oh my gosh, Shang Chi. I, uh, honestly, there's not a lot of bad things we said about this film. I don't try to look for bad things when we talk. I kind of just like, this is a podcast 
where me and my buddy Jeff just get together and we talk and we love having people interact with us. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so I, I, uh, uh, I uh, once again, even sometimes when I talk to Jeff, he opens my eyes to a lot of things and it changes my, my view. Um, I do have to say Jeff did open my eyes to things, but it made me love the movie even more. So uh, I recommended the film at the beginning of the show. I'll recommend it again. If you are okay, here's the thing. I'm I'm, going to say this. If you are not an MCU fan, if you're not into all that other stuff, I'm going to repeat what Jeff said. This is still a film that can be enjoyed. If you are, if you know nothing about the MCU, it's, it's, it's kind of its own thing. They will, they don't even really reference outside the film they make probably one reference maybe two references of there's a reference to the snap yep and And then he says whenever they're like do you really think that a mystical place like that could exist then katie's like well weirder things have happened like yeah it you kind of that's it it's very subtle in asgard (laughs) (laughs) so like honestly i i would i agree with jeff i would recommend this film to someone who's not even into the mcu and knows nothing about it it's a good film it's a good it's so many things it's a family film it's a self-discovery film and it is a it's a kung fu movie it's a martial arts film mm-hmm. uh, go watch it jeff yeah. i absolutely agree cool full stop full stop full stop That's all right it. uh this has been the digital roundtable I want to thank everyone uh, in chat for giving us your insight and giving us uh, your thing. We um, This is the end of the episode for the podcast. If you are listening to us on YouTube or on the podcast, you can always catch us live at twitch.tv slash digitalhero101. If you're listening to us live and you want to, or you're lis- uh, you want to catch up on our other conversations, we talk about movie reviews we talk about the industries and we talk about things that we like uh you can catch us on a podcast service of your choice whether that be apple spotify or uh the interwebs and uh, you can also catch us on uh, the youtube channel i have a playlist of things under the same name digital hero 101 you can uh, probably find us under digital roundtable under that as well or things like that so for you podcast viewers Until next time, play nice.